Yep, it's episode 133. We're shaking off the rust, Hot Shot Scott. I almost forgot what you look like, and now I'm reminded. <laughs> Woo! Let's go back on vacation. <laughs> A shot out of the gate. Uh, 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 for no reason. Uh, how'd, you t- how'd you enjoy your, uh, your respite from Mitch Unfiltered? <laughs> well, how'd you enjoy your vacation week? Of Mitch Unfiltered. Some of us got together for a little Zoom chat, so it wasn't... Oh, we did. Yeah, it the wasn't patrons. really a week off. Oh, come on. But, you know. What, you went on your phone? <laughs> no, I didn't go on my phone. I got yelled at last time for doing that, remember? Oh, you did? Well, you guys you said I was making you seasick. I'm walking around with my phone the whole time, so I posted up at my desk yes. like I was given the State of the Union. We did do a happy hour for patrons via Zoom. How do you think that that went? Did I that think it was great. I, I, yeah. I think they enjoy it. I, I don't know for sure. I haven't gotten any feedback from anyone, but nah, I, no, I feel like they enjoy it. No feedback. Yeah, it was kind of fun that the lady it went on you know a little more intoxicated some of them got which i enjoyed as well i don't know what's going to impact me negatively more the fact that i've got rust or the fact that i i really need some closure i need to know that i i have the right information on jennifer lopez and alex rodriguez i can't you sent me a note <laughs> yeah you, that said they're splitsville they're done looks like it, it looked like it at one point and yeah. then something happened Yep. It's not quite that way. And I don't know how anybody would ex- be expected <laughs> to record a podcast episode 133 of Mitch Unfiltered without knowing the real deal, the legit deal between Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez. It feels like it's changing by the minute, though. Like every story. Is- are you following it? Oh, of course. Are I you am. following the pulse? This is what I, I live for. Do- are you rooting for them or against them? Well, I like Jennifer Lopez, but I don't care for him. So it's, it's, I'm torn. I'm really torn. I don't know. I mean, he's A-Rod. Does he, uh, he think he's going to be faithful? And you think this is really going to work? With, I mean, come on. He's A-Rod. So are you pulling for them or against I them? I think she could do better. So I'm, I'm pulling, I'm rooting against them, which is, you know, kind of a negative A-hole <laughs> and what's thing to the, do. But. As we record here on a Sunday night, All right. what's, Let me what's the latest? Um, are, they, are they in? Are they out? Are they engaged? Are they finished? Are they kaput? The what are they? The I have, yes. he was, um, somebody filmed him walking out of his gym. I don't yeah. know if you know that he lifts weights occasionally. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just ask um, him. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Uh, and he says that they're totally fine. Things are good. And then he actually got a call on the video and said, okay, I'll call you later, baby. So it could have been J-Lo on the other end. So this whole know. thing was a false report? I don't know if it was false. You jumped the gun on your text to me about Splitsville? I think they got in a fight. I don't know oh. that it was a fight that made them break up. But okay. things did not okay. look very good right. at first. And by the way, they were going to buy the Mets, right? I mean, yes, they were. Together. <laughs> they got to split Together. that whole thing? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, there were going to be other people involved. All right. <laughs> there were going to be other people involved. All right, then I can do episode 133. Now that I, I feel like I've got my arms around the relationship that is, yeah. is it J-Rod? Oh, I don't know. Or is it A-Lo? It's a good question. I never really thought that much about it, to be honest <laughs> with you. I like, I like J-Rod. I think that's good. <laughs> But yeah, it, it looks like that they're kind of walking it back now. They got okay. in a big fight, and okay. they're going to be just fine, so now okay. we can all sleep. Subscribe, listen, and rate us on Apple Podcast. Uh, oh yeah, the ratings and the uh, the reviews are filing in slowly but surely. Yeah. We've gotten uh, about 2,000 reviews mm. on Apple Podcasts from people that listen to Mitch Unfiltered. I'll read you some. Five stars from the Blackfish Ann Wilson, I'm a Seattle boy. Heart was in my wheelhouse in the 1970s. Does anyone sing Led Zeppelin better than Ann Wilson? It's true. No one does. He's right. Huge pipes. Really enjoy the music podcast. You post every so often. Do not think the attempts at humor or the talk back narratives are funny or necessary. Uh, Maybe on occasion. Yeah. 
but I think you're going for too many rim shots that mm. end up as air balls. Wow. The content is great and carries the pod. Oh. Keep it up. Well, Who is next? So the thing is, I've been told that they don't want to hear just a Wikipedia entry from me. Yeah. Remember, people have complained. That it sounds like I'm just reading nonstop. I find it interesting, first of all, that Blackfish is writing his review on Apple Podcasts about a patron, really about the patron. Oh. A lot, there's a lot of people right now that don't have any idea what he's talking about. That's right, yeah. Because they're not patrons. They don't know that you do, you do these musical... A bonus episodes for the patrons, and he's yeah. he's purely rating us on on your performance. Sometimes people get things in their head; they'll like listen to an episode, and their rating will be about an interview you did or something. They just yeah. like they don't realize that it's for overall how yep. they enjoy the podcast, not right. that one segment with a doctor they liked or right. whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I I can't win. So I, people say it sounds like I'm reading too much. So then I try to throw a little personality and humor in, but now yeah. that's too much. Air too balls, much. air balls. All right. No well, rim shots here. Got to find the sweet spot. I'm just happy that uh, Blackfish didn't dock us. I mean, he still gave us five stars. True. Even though he thinks that your attempts at humor <laughs> and talk back narratives are not funny or necessary. All right. Get in line, buddy. Who's next, he asks. Oh, do you want me to say it? Sure. If you want. Um, I'll give you a hint. Not you. You won't get it. Okay. It's, a, it's a female singer who was born in Phoenix, Arizona. Nah, it's not much of a hint. She's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice. She's the only female, a female in the Rock and Roll singer Hall of Fame twice. Yes. Born in Phoenix, Arizona. Yep. In the Hall of Fame, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice. Correct. Both as a... Once for the band she was in. Yeah. Lead singer in the, the band. And then the solo career. And then the solo career, yes. Only female to be in there twice. And I love her. Pat Vanatar. I don't think she's in at all, by the way, which is a travesty. <laughs> I don't know. I just pulled the name I actually of. think she's not in, Pat What's Benatar? the name of the lead singer of the Go-Go's? What's her name? Belinda, Belinda Carlisle. Belinda Carlisle. Ooh. Not Belinda Carlisle. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Okay. Is, are, are you out of guesses now? Is that no, it? No, <laughs> I probably could come up with a few other. Babs. Uh, Brian <laughs> Peterson gives us five stars. Still the best. I've been listening to Mitch for 25 years. Long enough to have won a Bigger Dance t-shirt due to a fish update mistake. Huh? I used to give away T-shirts when you caught fish doing one of his oh. top-of-the-hour updates, make a mistake. That's no pressure at all for him. <laughs> every single update. Every time. Oh, every time he'd give an update and make a mistake, if you called in and told us what mistake he made, you got a T-shirt. Jeez. That's awful. I'm surprised he didn't punch me in the nose. Yeah, no kidding. My 28-year-old son is also a huge fan, and we share thoughts and snippets all the time. Now transplanted to Houston and grateful that I can still listen. Cannot recommend highly enough. That was very nice. Very nice, yes. So we are still getting... Oh, five stars from Men9876. So much better than radio in Seattle. Can listen, can't listen to sports radio in Seattle after joining this podcast two years ago. So wow. you can rate us. Hopefully you'll give us five stars. If you you don't you don't you could write a review and it all helps on apple Podcasts if yep. you're willing to do that and okay? tell a friend spread the word are you still hear people who say oh i love mitch what's he up to these days no <laughs> idea that you're doing a podcast so please tell someone if you think they like mitch not only are there three guests like normal mm -hmm. but we're actually going to have a fourth guest join us here in the t section Oh. Of the uh, episode, 133. Okay. So I will tell you who the main guests are. Guest number one, you've obviously, we've talked about this. You've gotten kind of sucked into YouTube or you're doing something else and you end up somehow at YouTube and then an hour and a half goes by and you found that you've done nothing but watch YouTube videos. I've said before. Everybody's I, done that, right? I could do two years in prison if I had YouTube. Easy. 
I could do time easily. <laughs> no problem if I had YouTube. No one Let's loves it more try than it me. Out. <laughs> Let's not try well, it out. I, I don't think they give you internet. And, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, what, what is it typically? What genre of YouTube? What are you watching on oh. YouTube when you get sucked in? And then you look at, down at your watch like, oh, my God. I've been, I've been doing nothing but watching YouTube videos for the last hour and a half. Gas station fistfights is a good one. <laughs> Why Restaurant that, fist why fights. Why does that not surprise me? drive through fist fights. Fist fights. I you love like them. Fist oh, I love them all. Yeah. It's what is great. it about fist fights? I, don't, I, I, I love the preamble. I like to see how it starts and like what sets somebody off. Oh, oh ro- road, road Rage wants to. You like that. Love me some Road Rage. Yeah. And then I'll get into WWF from the 80s. It just it never ends with me. I, I love it. Well, I find myself often, at least recently, getting sucked in by kind of unknown... Or little-known artists, musicians, mm. singers, because there's so many like incredibly talented people that we don't know. I mean, look at the TV. Look at uh, American Idol. Look at all these shows on TV. Yep. All these people around the world that are just maybe more talented than some of the artists that you're even profiling on the page. Oh, maybe not those. But Quite you get possibly. the point. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, so I find myself like listening to them do covers and do their own music. I'm like, how is this? How is this person not famous? Right. How I, is this person not like sold a billion records? Sure. So good, right? Yep. So I stumbled upon the other day. Yeah, it's about a week and a half. I stumbled upon a guy named Corby Lenker. Okay. Corby Lenker is from Twin Falls, Idaho. Oh. He now lives in Nashville, Tennessee. He's done eight albums, so he's a professional singer. Okay. Okay. He's had some limited success. He's won some some awards. It turns out that he ended up spending like 10 years of his life in Bellingham, Washington. He went to Western Washington University. Huh. He was there when the kingdom came down. He, He... He's a little bit of a sports fan. Okay. So I thought, what the hell? He's very talented. I've watched like all of his covers and all uh, all the YouTube videos that he's done. He plays the guitar. He plays the ukulele. He plays oh, the wow. piano. I play the piano. So I like I like people. And I'm like, how is this guy not you? Well, it turns out he's he's got eight albums out. So it's not like he's some schmendrick right. like me <laughs> or like <Yeah>. you. <laughs> So I, I reached out to his agent and to his public, whatever, and he's 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 number one. Love it. He performs like four songs he for does? us. Yeah. Because I, I straight over the pipe, right over clean feet, just 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 starts playing the piano. I love it. It's not the greatest quality audio. It's not like sure. listening to a CD. Do they listen to CDs anymore? No, they do it's not. It's not like listening to Spotify. Do they listen to Spotify oh, anymore? I think so, yeah, okay. sure. Apple Music. It's not like listening like that clear, yeah. but I think it's just fun when he's in Nashville and I'm here and I'm doing an interview and he just starts jamming on the piano or on the guitar. I could see a singer being a little too cool to do that, so I'm glad that he that he jumps in and does it. You know what I mean? I can yeah. see him, well, it's not going to sound good. You know, protective of their voice of a course, little bit. So of I course. love that he did it. But that's kind of fits with the whole thing because I'm not going after j-lo i'm not calling j-lo oh yeah <laughs> after she gets off the phone with alex at the gym you know he lifts weights that's right uh to do a few numbers i'm i'm contacting people that you know might be thrilled to be on right i don't know i don't just show how talented yeah, they are incredible but you yeah. are right about how many people are just walking the Crazy, planet Crazy, isn't it I, I think i personally know a dozen people who could join acdc tomorrow and play guitar like no problem that I personally know. Those people are everywhere, you know? Okay. People who are just talented. The most popular doesn't necessarily mean you're the most talented. They just, a lot of things have to go right, you know, to become that kind of popular. So I well, I'll be hear. interested to hear whether you like Corby Lenker, the pride of Twin Falls, Idaho, the son of a mortician. He, he, perform- led with that. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he performs outside of the mortuary that his dad works. I, I'm not kidding. Growing he got, up, he came to Madison Park of all places oh. with his girlfriend. He was like a hippie guy. Yeah. 
And his uncle in Madison Park says, you're not for here. You better go up to Bellingham. I, I, don't, think, <laughs> I don't think you fit here very well. Yeah. That's how he ended up in Bellingham. A true story. I love Madison Park. All right, so he's going to tell a story and he's going to sing for us. Nice. I can't wait. And I'll, I'll be excited to hear it. You know, and if you're end up, like in three years, you might be doing a patron profile. Yeah. Of Corby Lenker. All right, I'm in. Who knows? (laughs) Ross Tucker, former offensive lineman, NFL voice for Westwood One and others. We're going to talk Russell Wilson, and this week marks the beginning of the NFL league year, they call it. Free agents are going to be signing all over the place. Salary cap is shrinking. We're going to talk NFL and Seahawks with Ross Tucker. And Michael DeCourcy, who's one of the best college basketball writers in America for the sporting news, is going to help all of us fill out our brackets because we've got a big NCAA bracket match. Madness contest from Mitch Unfiltered that's beginning. Okay? Can't wait. Can't right. wait. Tis the season to try to figure out what your CBS Sports Passport is so you can do a pool. And it is the season to figure out where the hell True TV is. Every year I'm looking at, do I have True TV? I don't, I, so I look forward to that. 667, 665. I have Xfinity. You have Dura, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Every year I'm like, oh, please tell me I have it. So, yeah, I love this time of year. Hotshot, before we finish up the tea section and we actually start the show in earnest. Yep. We actually have a guest. I think this is the first guest. Bill Sanders is the first guest in the history of Mitch Unfiltered Tease segments. Oh, yeah. I think you're right. Yes. <laughs> I never thought about that. Why would we have a guest in the tease? We would never have a nah, guest in the tease. Sense. It's long Hi, enough Bill. As it is. How are you, Bill? How's it going, guys? Thanks for being with us. This is Bill Sanders of Run My Pools. And the reason I thought we should put him in the tease section of the show yeah. is he can tell us a little bit more about what it's like to fill out your brackets now that Mitch Unfiltered Madness, presented by Fireside Home Solutions, is uh, underway. Right, Bill? Underway. People can go and click in their brackets, right? Yeah, we're live and ready to roll, Mitch. Tell everybody how to do it. Well, there's a couple different ways you can do it. Uh, You can go to MitchUnfiltered.com. Click here to register and complete the bracket. If you're new and you haven't played a game with Mitch before or played a game on RunMyPools.com, You'll just have to enter your real name, your email, and your password. Okay. If you have already registered, you just simply enter your real name and you're good to go. So if you if you played two years ago when we ran Unfiltered Madness, you've already got an account set up. Hopefully everybody will remember their password. If you haven't or you don't remember your password, you can start all over again. And the best way to do that is to go to MitchUnfiltered.com and atop across, across the home page, the mm-hmm. banner, it says click here and that'll take you to run my pool's website. And at that point, you fill out your bracket. And we have until when, Bill, to fill out the bracket? Yeah, well, this year's a little bit different, Mitch. Uh, the, the NCAA, the Brain Trust, they decided that they were gonna get the tourney rolling the first round, not the play-in round, but the rounds that really count on Friday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific time. And that means the deadline is what, 8.45? 9 a.m. Oh, okay. You yep. Right up to game time. Woo. Right, right up right to up. game Don't time. Don't risk it, everyone. Get now, in early. Tell everybody about Run My Pools. This is not your world. This is just a small part of your world. Just give everybody the background of this website called Run My Pools. We've been around since 2014. This is just a passion project, side hobby of mine. Started back all the way, boy, I don't know, it might have been middle school when I was doing the old pencil and paper routine and taking brackets around to people and they'd turn them into me and I'd score everything. And what a pain in the rear that is. Yeah. So I decided, hey, let's, let's get this service going, make it completely free for everybody to host their office pools. And uh, so we, that's what we did. In 2014, we started up and 
you know, we've had pretty tremendous growth over the, the, the last couple years when we flipped to a completely free model and uh, now have well over 100,000 unique users. So okay, it's but, but, it's cool. not, but it's not just the college basketball pool. It's not. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. We do a bunch of stuff. Yeah, well, thanks. We do golf. Uh, we do football, and within each one of those sports, we have a whole diff- a whole range of games that you can play. So, you know, things that if you've done pools before, you're probably pretty familiar, but, you know, we do everything from pick'ems to survivor contests. We do brackets like we're doing for March Madness with you, and then we also do squares pools. And uh, the one thing I double-click there on the squares pools is they're a great way to do fundraising. And so a lot of people love squares because there's no thought that goes into it. You just simply click your spot on the grid and then let the games happen and hopefully you win. I like things with no thought in them. That's why I do this show <laughs> twice a week. It's my favorite thing. We love Bill though. He's, he's right now, he's my fourth favorite Sanders. And if he keeps helping us like this, he might be top three one day. He'll never eclipse Colonel Sanders, will he? Well, no. I mean, come on, it would. But Dion, Barry. So, so I understand the model. You're saying to everybody who's got buddies who like to do pools, whether they're golf pools, major pools, football, picks, contests, they should come to your website at Run My Pools and you'll run it for them free of charge. Yeah, that's right. It's completely free. And again, why why so many nonprofits love using us is because every user, typically, if you go out to another site that is a competitor of ours and they charge per user, if you're thinking about getting a couple thousand users, potentially more into your into your pool, you're going to drop $2,000 that could be going towards that charitable foundation or that good cause yeah. to, the, to that site to run your pool. And look, we do it for free. So uh, come use runmypools.com and we'd love to help you. We're not allowed to let the tees go more than about 45 minutes, the tees section of the show. <laughs> Some so we don't have a lot of time but bill it turns out that bill and you and me our paths have crossed before is that right bill yeah uh, in in the late 90s i actually was an intern on your show mitch um so i remember I, it well <laughs> i'm sure you do there's, there's actually sure do. Uh, there's actually an intern award at kjr named after bill he was so good i don't know if you yeah. knew that or not <laughs> actually there it, I, it, it was in the old building it was in the old building but there's probably still a mark on the wall if that building still stands where steve sandmeyer threw a clipboard at one of the interns and it went by his head and took out a gouge out of the Wait wall a second. Hold on. as I was standing in there. Yeah. He threw Steve Sandmeyer threw a clipboard at an intern. It wasn't Mitch Levy. Or are you changing the names? Are you swapping the names <laughs> no. to protect the innocent? Nope. It was Sandmeyer. Um, and he, and whatever this intern had done, uh, really got under his skin in the update, uh, wow. that back update room. Woo. And so what'd you yeah, do, Bill? I didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Sandmeyer loved me because I think I was the only competent one in that intern oh, class. Oh, so. wow. Shaking a shot. Woo. How'd you get that internship, Bill? Well, uh, I don't know if you guys would remember Seth Everett, but um, yeah. but Seth, old Seth Ev- Edwards. Yeah, that yes. that's him? right. <laughs> Um, Seth, I, I reached out to Seth. I was actually in law school at Seattle University, and I just thought, you know, I'm going to check out this this sports radio game. I want to see if it's if it's you know something that I could see doing uh, besides law. I I lied to Seth. I, I called him up and I said, Hey, Seth, I'm I'm a, an undergrad at the University of Washington, and I'd love to come in and check out this intern program and. 
he fell for it hook, line, and sinker. So I. <laughs> Your whole life is based on a lie, Bill. Why couldn't you have just told him that you were a law student at Seattle University? Because the only the reason I couldn't is because the interns got call it some sort of credit for for being an intern, yeah. and so that's how you got accepted. And uh, there were a lot of interns uh, that applied for those internships, at least in the late '90s when I was when I was going in there. So, yeah, it, but it was a blast. I had a I had a really fun time. I got to work with every everybody uh, from your show early, 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 because uh, I think I was showing up at like 4:45, and somebody'd have to come let me in off the on that outside. That was me who let you in. Yeah. That was not you. No, it was it was, it, it was one of your it was one of your two or three producers that I worked with in the short amount of time that I was oh. with. Uh, there we go. Oh, I was going to say, you, you got to have at least one story about Mitch losing there's it, flipping out on a producer or something. Out? Did I flip out, Bill? Be honest. No. No, the only, the only thing I'd say about Mitch was he was always really courteous to all of us in terms of there was that, that little sandwich place on the corner, and he'd ask the oh, yeah. interns, like, hey, was it Sandwich Tree or that something? Sounds yeah, right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so he used to say, hey, uh, intern. And, he, you know, and, and you'd always pay, Mitch, intern. every single time you would pay. And I would come back with your no yolks, uh, <laughs> whole milk. <laughs> Whatever. Skim milk. Skim milk. Okay. Skim milk. No, no yolks. You would have been walking back with whole milk. Egg whites. Egg whites. But I'd I'd have food for Stelton. I'd have food for fish. I'd have food for, you know, everybody that was in there. You were always super courteous. And I would come back. And every time I remember, I wouldn't buy anything with your money. And you said, you'd look at me and you'd say, why didn't you get yourself something? And I said, until you know my name, I will not take your money. And and you just refused to to call interns by name at that at that point really? in time. And so yeah, we always had this little Terrible. dialogue. I think I think deep down though, you liked me because I I was pretty on top of it, you know, during that three or four months or whatever. And I was what happened? There. How long the lie last? Yeah. So Seth finally caught on to me. Um, <laughs> He's sharp, Seth. He is. Yeah, he he kept asking me, and you know, we had to turn in this something, uh, a note from your professor uh, in the communications department, uh, and obviously, I didn't have one of those, uh, so I kept putting them off. And um, I, I remember David Locke, who I worked with at in the night shift, and uh, he loves stats and numbers, and so he used to always put me to work to, uh, you know, how many points did Vin Baker score in the last three minutes of the fourth quarter, you know, and it was like, <laughs> you know, the clutch Sounds time, like David Locke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Clutch time. Hey, Bill, go go search this up and see what it was. Anyway, David Locke actually fought for me to stay, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, but, you know, I was in law school and by that time I saw how hard everybody was working to just grind it out. Guys like Dick Fane that were working weekends or nights or whatever it was. And I just said, I, I'm shallow. I was like, you know what? I want to go make more money and not have to work <laughs> late nights. You wouldn't be the first thing. radio person to make that You could assumption. call that shallow or you could call that smart. That's that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pick your, pick your yeah. Anyway, Steve Dion's probably getting ready for you to be done with okay. this, Mitch. Yeah. yeah. Bill Sanders, Run My Pools. Check out their website. And by all means, make sure you fill out your Mitch Unfiltered Madness bracket. You can go to MitchUnfiltered.com and click the banner at the top and set up your free account at Run My Pools and then just fill out your bracket. Lots of everybody who beats us, our team gets a prize. You get something if your bracket is better than all of us on our team. And we thank Bill Sanders for all that you've done for Mitch Unfiltered. Thank you, Bill. Thanks, guys. Pleasure to be on. Okay, Scott, after a little break, 133 about to begin. More and more of us are returning to restaurants. I think we're up to 50% capacity on March 22nd. 
Don't forget about our friends at Daniel's Broiler, Les Shy, South Lake Union, at the top of Bellevue Place. Just no spot better than Daniel's Broiler for special occasions, a world-class steakhouse. If you're thinking about a new fireplace or fire pit for cozy family gathering spaces, you're crazy not to begin your search at Fireside Home Solutions. We're getting ready to add a fire pit to our backyard right now, and they do them. Garage doors too. Fireside Home Solutions. Dot com. Seems like every time a Mitch Unfiltered listener gets on the phone with Jordan Flowers' team at the Kirkland office at Gill Mortgage, I inevitably receive an email about all the money they saved on a refinance, and yet so many of us haven't even looked at our mortgages recently. 425-250-3150. Spend five minutes with the Kirkland office at Gill Mortgage and save big. Evergreen Gov Call. Tax advisors, certified financial planners, experienced portfolio managers all working together to bring big retirement planning, taxes, and investments under one roof. Evergreengk.com, more than just a financial advisor, Evergreen is everything wealth. And the growth spurt of Zeke's Pizza during the pandemic has been nothing short of remarkable. Up to Bellingham, we go with two new locations coming soon Delicious Northwest Pizza, the best craft beer to your door in minutes. Download the Zeke's Pizza app. Zeke's Pizza, homegrown in the Northwest. Episode 133 begins right now. Unfiltered. Bad news for Mariners fans. As I tweeted, Jared Kelnick is back in the news. Oh, boy. He grounded out to first. He's only hitting 333. He uh, he scored the game-winning run in the first game, and he had a two-run homer in the third in the third game. And uh, but other than that, he's been horse shit, and he's not ready. <laughs> That's the bad news for the Mariners. God, they've already demoted him to AAA. Unfiltered. We love Russell Wilson. He's our franchise face of our organization, quarterback. We think he's got a lot of great years left. We love him dearly. If somebody calls, we'll listen. We're not inclined to trade him, but. We won't hang up the phone on another general manager if somebody wants to call us. Right. Is that a horrible thing to say? <laughs> no, I don't a horrible think. position to take? Mitch is unfiltered. Episode 133 is now officially underway, Hotshot Scott. So is Mitch Unfiltered Madness, where if you beat us, now it's just not you and me anymore. Yeah, we had to reach out for some help, <laughs> didn't we? <laughs> Yeah, we had to call the Avengers to the come The brackets in. are out. You go to MitchUnfiltered.com. You fill out your bracket. Everybody who beats us gets a prize. Everybody who beats us will get a prize. And Great. the grand prize winner is going to get a cash prize. That's and awesome. It's all brought to you by Fireside Home Solutions. So we've got that going on. And we'll get, by the way, with one of our guests coming up, Michael DeCourcy, great sports writer, great college basketball writer. We'll get his views. We'll get his help filling out the bracket. Because I get the feeling... Every year, most of us who fill out the bracket don't know what we're talking about. We don't watch college basketball. This year in particular, I'm getting the feeling that even more people are unfamiliar with these teams than normal. I would agree with you, 100%. I don't know why. Is it because there hasn't been fans? Is it we're not paying attention? I think. Is it because Washington in this area is not very good? What, what's the issue? I think it's Gonzaga. a of all of them. Yeah. If you're a Gonzaga fan, we're you're probably We're just not interested. It. Just less interested. I don't know about not. Just Why? Less, I, I, what I happened? Everything that we're just less feels inter- different. Okay. I don't know what it is. Everything just feels different. But right. I will get the USA Today like I've been doing for 35 years, and I'll read the whole thing 
before I make my pick. So yeah. I'll be ready to Can go. Can you help out this, I'm trying. this, this contest? I will try. Please. All right. <laughs> We've got a good team assembled. If you and I don't do it, then somebody else will. Good. All right. And hopefully I won't be sitting around giving away 534 prizes <laughs> like I did in the Beat the Boys oh, NFL man. contest. Anyway, episode 133. What do you got on here? You got anything on your mind? How'd you spend your off week? You do anything fun? It wasn't really an off week because you had yep, to get on Zoom. Sure was not was an it? hour. You'll be happy to know that a third of our household is now vaccinated. I know you're uh, really worried about that. So. Okay, because of the teacher thing? Because of the teacher now, thing. Now, why didn't... Okay, here... Go on. I don't know that I want to go here. I don't know that I want to go here. Why didn't you go with her? So they've been saying that like teachers' husbands, teachers' spouses, I guess I should say, yeah. can get vaccinated also. Well, I'm on a standby list, I'll have you know. Yeah. So am I. I'm on about eight. Well, they, they told I'm, her. I'm on one in Texas. <laughs> That's going to be a hell of a road trip. They, they told her that um, they have a, there's a family standby list for teachers. And if they have extras or if like maybe some are going to expire or they need to get rid of them, you have to live within 20 minutes of the school and then I can go down and get mine. So if, I might get a call. So you couldn't just go with her to get her vaccine and then just get a shot. I had to stay home, but may, that might have worked. Yeah, I don't You know. had to stay home. Because well, you had to stay home. Yeah, because Piper was there, okay, and I didn't okay. want to leave her alone. Okay. So, okay. So, yeah, you're because right, my wife, the reason I'm bringing this up, and I probably shouldn't bring it up. Oh, boy. My wife also works in the school district. Okay. And is planning on getting her shot this week. And has told me, like all the other people that have worked, and she works just part-time for the school. She has told me, like everybody else told me, the spouse should go with because you could get a shot. But I don't want to go with, have them feel obliged to give me a shot, and feel like I'm skipping the line. By getting a shot, so I see. I, I I don't. I like it's a it's a it's a judgment call. I don't know. I, I want somebody to assure me when I go with her this week. <laughs> this this dose right here, Mitch. We were throwing it away. Yeah, right down the sink. Yeah, right down the disposal. <laughs> we're gonna just we're gonna do <laughs> the whole bottle thing. and all. <laughs> That's what I want to hear before I take a take a shot. Well, you'll, at the very least, you'll probably get on the same list that I'm on the the school district list, which is better than you know probably a lot of lists, and maybe you'll get the call to come on down. I don't know. I, Megan's dad, my wife's dad, got it, and he said his his friend went down. He was old, and the woman that that brought the old guy down, they just said, "Hey, have you had yours?" She said, "No." He's like, "Ah, eh, here you go, bunk." So she got it too for for driving someone to their appointment. So, but that was in Arizona. I don't know if, if they See, play think, fast and loose like that in I Washington. Th- no, I think if you t- if you would have taken her, yeah. if you and Piper oh. had gotten in the car, yeah, I don't know if Piper would have gotten it. But I think you would have been off. I don't know this. I think you would have been offered as the spouse a shot. That would have been nice. Would you have taken it? If they're offering it? Yeah. What's the reason why not to? The, one, the reason I just told Cutting you. Cutting up the line? Because you feel like maybe you're taking a dose that's really intended for somebody older and, and further up mm. on the list. Yeah, that's people who have conscience. Let me think about that for a <laughs> second here. I don't know. I could pretend to have a conscience, maybe. But. All right, let's catch up on some of the stuff that we missed in the week that we were gone. I don't know how you feel about any of this stuff. Remember, we have not spoken about Carlos Dunlap's release from the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. We kind of saw that coming, though, right? I did. Yeah. A lot of people were kind of in denial on that deal. They didn't think at $14.1 million that they would cut him because he was so good, he might have been their best pass rusher, yeah. at least defensive line pass rusher, and maybe he deserved on some level for the Seahawks. But the Seahawks were like up against the cap, like two or three million up against the cap. Yeah. And I don't know that a 32-year-old defensive lineman, no matter how, well, I shouldn't say no matter how good he is. I'm not saying Carlos Dunlap is no good. He's good. Yeah. 
but he's a 32 kind of at the end of his career pass rushing defensive lineman love to have him back right. still would love to have him back I don't know how you spend 14.1 million on a guy like that when the salary cap is shrinking Right. It'd be one thing if the salary cap is prospering and it's going up and up and up. Then 14.1 doesn't feel so bad. Yeah. But with it coming down upon your shoulders. Belt tightening time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know that they could do that. He had a couple of, didn't he have two walk-off sacks? I he don't know did. If that's the right term. He had five sacks and he had 14 quarterback hits in eight games. Not too shabby. would like to have him back, but not at that price. Yeah, 14.1 million. So yeah. they saved 14.1 million by letting him go. Now... I don't think the door's closed. And my sense is, I don't have any inside information, but my sense is, is they probably offered him. They probably would like him back at a lower rate. Yeah. They probably said, hey, how about doing a two-year, I don't know, would you do a two-year, $18 million a year, uh, $18 million, $9 million a year deal? Whatever they offered him, he and his agent thought, we might be able to do better out there. Makes sense. And then there's the... There was the debate after he was kind of released, which is, oh, my God, shame on the Seahawks. He took a pay cut to make the deal work. He came here, took less money than his contract said. Then he was the best pass rusher he produced. You owed him to keep him at $14.1 million. It's not how business works, is it? You, not in the NFL, it No, it isn't. Owe oh, him. No. He'll be just fine. I'm sure someone will pay him. Someone will over overpay. Well, for I don't him, know I that think. he's going to get 14.1 million next year. Yeah, he'll probably get what 10, 10, 11. 10, I don't know. I think he'll be in that, that ballpark. I, I someone will pick him up. But did the Seahawks have a responsibility? No, I don't think so. <laughs> responsibility after he took less. It's a I, for one, th- look at it completely different. Well, I look at it two ways. Number one, the NFL has a, a certain type of business, a business model that the players and the owners collectively bargain every six or seven years. Yeah. And the deal is in the NFL, whether you like it or not, the deal in the NFL is they get bonus money when they sign. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for them, unlike the NBA and Major League Baseball, for that bonus money, they give their teams, whoever they're playing for, whoever they're property of, the right to walk away from their contract late in the contract's years. That's just the way it works. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Number two, yes, did he... Take a pay cut to come to Seattle to make the trade work? Yeah. But he was languishing away in Cincinnati on a bad team, and he wasn't even playing. They were not playing him. They were yeah. playing younger guys. So I mean, He posted his condo or whatever during the season because he wanted he, out of there. <laughs> he was not playing. So yeah. had he stayed there in Cincinnati and earned his money from last year, he would uh, look at think about the situation he'd be in right now as a free agent. Obviously, Cincinnati would not have paid him fourteen million for next year because yeah. they wouldn't they weren't using him last year. Now he would be an aging defensive lineman with nothing on his resume from the previous year. Yeah. And instead, by taking that pay cut, he was given an opportunity to go to a team that was that thought of themselves as a Super Bowl contender, and they gave him the ability to get out there and play and make sacks and quarterback hits. And now all of a sudden, he's kind of rejuvenated his market value yeah, a as a result of the trade. So had he stayed in Cincinnati and continued to be difficult, he'd have, he'd have zero market value. That's right. Yeah, no, that's zero. A good way to look at it. Yeah, the Seahawks so, helped him. If you're right, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I'd like to have him back, but I get it. I I, I don't hold any. I don't harbor any resentment to the Seahawks for getting rid of him, even though, I mean, when you think about it, and this is all part of what's happened since the last time we were together, they have decided not to transition a franchise Chris Carson. 
they have decided not to transition or franchise Shaq Griffin. They have not yet extended or given a new contract to K.J. Wright. They have walked away for now from Carlos Dunlap. Now, they could get all these guys back, but at this precise moment, as you and I look at each other and the league year starts, think about this. A fading 12-4 and football team last year is now without its best pass rusher, if you don't include the safety. I don't. Okay. They are right at this moment without their best cover corner, no matter what you think of Shaq Griffin. And I I think he's a good corner. I don't think he's a great corner. I would not franchise him. Mm -hmm. But I think he was the best corner on their team. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think he's the best corner on their team. So you're without your best pass rusher at this moment. You're without your best cover corner at this moment. You're without your best running back, clearly. By far. At this moment. You might be without your best, one of your best leaders, K.J. Wright, and a productive player. Starter. Okay. So at this moment with them like 16, 17 million under the cap with very few draft choices, four, I think, out of seven rounds right now. No first rounders? Is that right? No first rounders. So with limited cap space, well, not limited, with a little bit of cap space and limited draft choices, you need at this point your, your list, your shopping list. You need a pass rusher. You need a cover corner. You need a running back. You need a linebacker for K.J. Wright. You need a third wide receiver. You're still a third wide receiver short. Yeah. I don't know how John Schneider and Pete Carroll are going to be able to, to accomplish, check off the, the entire list, scratch things off right. with limited resources. It's a, it's a, it's a problematic offseason for the Seahawks. Limited resources and then try not to make a step backwards. If you get a guy that's not as good as Shaq Griffin to start, a guy who's not as good as, you know, Chris you, Carson. You don't want to go backwards, you know, but they might have to. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to do it either. Not a lot of money, hardly any picks. And then the question is, as we've discussed before, if John Schneider, who looks at this every day, all day, and realizes, God, I need a pass rusher. I need a running back. I need a, I need offensive, two more offensive linemen to make Russell Wilson happy. Right. I need another wide receiver. I need a cover corner. And I only have four draft choices and $17 million under the cap. If he looks at this every day, all day, and concludes, there's no way. I, I mean, I'll get some guys. Yeah. I, I, don't, I can't build a roster that was better than last year's, which wasn't good enough last year. Yeah. So maybe I should dot, 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 yeah. think about yep. dot, 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 yep. doing something that could bring in a ton of draft choices and maybe not cap space this year, but starting next year, a ton of cap space too. Yep. And you know what that is. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, we sort of talked about that. I, I think Show it's me all... how they're going to be better. Right. Show me how. I don't see it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, that could happen. They could, they could strike gold in the second round of the draft and pull in a guy who ends up being a pro bowler next year. A DK Metcalf can, I'm not hit. saying it's impossible. Yeah. I would say... If you're being realistic about the Seahawks roster. Now, the other thing that I you gotta you gotta also stop and say, okay, what about all the younger guys getting better? What if Jordan Brooks becomes an all pro? He could become an all pro. Sure. Yeah. Um, what if DK Metcalf takes another step Ooh. forward? The guy from Tennessee who didn't play, Daryl Taylor. Yeah. He what happens if he's a 10 sack guy? So yeah, I'm not suggesting it's completely all out out there. The chips are stacked against the Seahawks because of the limited draft choices, yeah, that's an issue. I can't think of a well, that's at least during the peak or during the Russell Wilson Pete Carroll era. Has there been a a rebuilding season or a season where you felt like they 
they just kind of needed to take it on the chin to improve for the. I can't think of one. No, I mean, because they've always had the quarterback. I, I think he'll always just keep you in it. I think the quarterback in the NFL, as long as you have the franchise quarterback, you never have to really do that. Okay, I, I think. But this might be as close to that that we've ever no, seen. You know, you I think if they keep him and they just go about their business of using their draft choices and their seventeen million, yeah, they'll be. I don't see any reason why they can't be a 9, 10, 11 win season. I don't, I don't know that they're okay. a Super Bowl team, yeah. but I don't think it's a, it's a reclamation project. As long as Wilson comes back, it's not reclamation. The question is, are you moving further and further backwards and getting closer to the end of his contract yeah. to where you're gonna, rubber's going to meet the road eventually and maybe you can do better now than you can do next year? And then there's the question that you may have read about, what I think, very interesting. I don't know that people understand this. I'll try to explain it. Then there's the question of, the restructuring of Russell Wilson's contract, which undoubtedly you've read, yeah. Seattle has in the contract the right to do it without him agreeing to it. They hmm. can restructure his contract, which is no hair off his back, wouldn't piss him off, shouldn't piss him off. In terms of money and dollars, he gets all of what he would get, and he actually gets it earlier than he would normally get it because you're converting salary to, I don't know if people get this, salary to bonus. Do you understand what the restructuring, do people yeah, get yeah. the restructuring of the deal? Yeah. And how that works and why you get salary cap relief when you restructure your quarterback or your your top paid player? Does people under, should I go through that real quick? Yeah, maybe a little bit. I mean, it, does bonus not count <clears throat> against the cap? Is that, is that why they can? No, no, no. So okay. <clears throat> what do you know? You know that, you know that he's got a $19 million salary schedule for this year. Mm -hmm. And the prorated amount of his bonus when he back when he signed it is 13 a year. He's already gotten that money. Remember we talked about That's the money? Right. He he spent it on podcast equipment. Yeah. Remember oh, we went through that? Sure did. Okay. The headphones are And terrific. so each year his cap number is affected by 13 million. So you take essentially his bonus prorated number 13 mm -hmm. and you add it to what his salary, salary is that year. It comes out to 19, so it's 32 million. He counts against the cap if he plays for the Seahawks. Okay. He's a 32 million dollar guy, and you've got 17 million under the cap to go out and do your shopping this offseason. Well, if they want to, and by the way, a lot of teams do this. A lot of teams don't, and the Seahawks don't love to do it because what you're doing is you're gonna you free up space now, but you pay for it later. You they say you kick the can down the road, and here's what you do. You say okay. Instead of paying him $19 million in salary and the 13 that we already paid him, we're going to pay him $1 million in salary. Okay. The other $18 million that we would pay him in salary this year, we're going to give it to him in a check. We're going to make it more bonus money, actually bonus money. And by doing that, when they give it to him in a check one time at the beginning of the year, they can take that $18 million and prorate it over what's left of the contract the three years. So oh. that 18 million of salary would become 6 million in terms of this year, 6 million more. So 13 million bonus next year becomes 19, 19 million. Huh. And on the third year, 13 million becomes 19 because you've taken salary, you've made it a bonus and you're and what it does is it takes his salary cap number, if you do the math, from 32 million if he plays for you this year to 20 million. You save $12 million. And so you, essentially, you have $12 million more under the cap to go out and get his offensive lineman, go get Carlos Dunlap's replacement. You have $12 million extra dollars to spend this year. But 
you have six million less next year yeah. and six million. And on top of it, everybody has said, well, if you trade him this year, all all of what's left on his on his prorated bonus counts against the cap. Remember, we came to thirty nine million, yeah. thirteen times three, and people have said. Well, they shouldn't trade him this year. They should trade him next year when that's 13 times two and the and the dead money would be 26 million. You could you could deal with 26 million. Well, if you restructure his contract this year, you're sending six more million down uh, the road, 12 more million down the road. So now his number next year is 32 million in dead money instead of 26. So it becomes harder to trade next year. Gotcha. So the question, I don't know if I've, I probably have lost no, everybody. Not I me. I, I'm I don't it. know if I've lost you. But the question is A, do you trade him? B, if you, you're obviously not going to restructure him if you trade him, right? You don't do that. Right. Okay. If you intend to keep him, do you restructure him and buy yourself some money for the cap this year? But then make it harder to trade him if you want to trade him next year when he's got two years left on the contract because the dead money then rises. So you really have to determine if you want to keep him for the next three years, right? Uh, kind of, sort of. Yeah. At least for the next year. I mean, you got, you start there. Yeah. And and then you throw on, on as if I didn't confuse you enough, you throw into the mix the fact that the Seahawks don't like to do this. Yeah, you, know, you said that earlier. How come they don't like to do it? Because they don't like to pay later for the price now okay they'd rather play within the whatever they have now as to not impact the salary cap next year adversely say and put them in bad position next year essentially what you're doing is robbing from this year to or robbing, robbing from, from next year to pay this year gotcha. does that peter to pay paul yeah yeah right does that make sense yeah or like wimpy from uh from popeye he like he <laughs> he always wanted to pay later but you're saying the seahawks they're no wimpy anyway. they don't want to do that anyway I'm seeing people predicting that Russell's going to be gone now. Do you think? Do you think if this restructuring is going to happen and he's he's going to be the starting quarterback? Or if you had to make a prediction, do you feel any different than you did say two weeks ago when it was red hot, or at least it felt red hot? Well, something's happened in the last two weeks that we should talk about since we've been on vacation. Dak Prescott re-upped for forty million dollars a year with the Cowboys, and the reason I bring that up is he was the Cowboys were one of the four teams, so that takes us down mm. to three. Now, is he willing to expand that list? If he really wants to get traded, is he going to hold the Seahawks to three teams? In which case, the Seahawks can't get a lot of bidders and, and get the price up? Yeah. Or is he going to say, okay, I really want to be traded. Here's two or three more teams. That gives you five or six to trade me to. I don't know. A lot of that has to be decided. Okay. Were you happy for Dak, by the way, that he got the contract? I really like Dak. Yeah. I don't love him as a ball player. I mean, yeah. I, think he's, I think he's good. I don't know that he's a Super Bowl. I, I don't know that I fancy him as one of the great quarterbacks in the league. To me, he's a good quarterback who's being now vastly overpaid. Yeah. But every time he talks, I like Dak Prescott. There's yeah. something about him that's classy and 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 very likable. How seems about you? Like, he seems like he has a big heart. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he just seems like a great guy. And then that injury, the way he ended his Ugh. season was just awful. Horrible. So I'm I'm glad he got his money. I'm awful. I'm rooting for him. I, I don't know the guy, but I am rooting for him. All right. Well, we've got I've got so many more things that that happened over the last seven days or whatever it is, two <laughs> weeks since the last time we we chatted. I want to talk about the Myers Leonard yeah. thing. Yeah. I have a lot of comments about the uh the anti Semitic comment. Um, slur while playing the video game that the Miami Heat forward used. Yeah. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about that. Drew Brees retired. Saw that. Marvelous Marvin Hagler we got to talk about. Got that. The University of Washington men's basketball program. We've got to make a comment or two about the future or lack thereof of Mike Hopkins. Uh, Oregon State. Uh, There's just a lot. 
There's a lot, and we've got three guests. Josh Gordon's game-winning touchdown? Got, you know, you do don't we have, have that to, on your we, list? We haven't. Oh, I thought we did that one. I think that happened. The after, Hail Mary yeah, inside? The, Can yeah. you call it an inside? Is it an inside Hail Mary or what? He looked like he was playing with eighth graders out there. He's just clearly <laughs> taller and a better athlete. He just, looked, he just looked like a better athlete. Just went up there and got it, no problem. So let's do three good <laughs> guests. I hope you like Corby Lenker. Oh, I will. I know I will. Four songs he's going to do. I love talented people, which is weird. I, I come over here talented. twice a week. You know. Oh, <laughs> You didn't see that coming? No. <laughs> Let's do three guests. We remind everybody to fill out their bracket. It's unfiltered. Yep. Mitch Madness, presented by Fireside Home Solutions. You go to our website at MitchUnfiltered.com. Right across the top line, you'll see where you click to fill out your brackets. Costs nothing to play, and there's all kinds of prizes. Prizes from Taco Time and Daniels and Zeke's and cash prizes. Nice. Everybody who beats us will win something. You got your okay. hands full this time, kids. We got some backup. We got some backup now. <laughs> hey, it's time to catch up with Zeke's Pizza President, Dan Black. How are you, Dan? What's up, Mitch? How's it going? All good. Lots going on in your world. Any uptick in the restaurants? And what can you tell us about people in the Northwest returning to work for the catering portion of your business? Yeah, people are dining out. It's been at 25% for a little while, and I can tell you people know and are excited about it. Little sense of normalcy. So people are out, and that's great. And then, yeah, the other thing that's happened since the last time we talked is we've noticed an uptick in catering. Work from home, people are tired of it, so there's people going back to the office. And so a couple weeks ago, we started to notice some of our daytime delivery pickup, which is great. That's great. And expansion, red hot. How many since the COVID crisis and now you're moving closer and closer to the Canadian border, I hear? Yeah, we just signed a deal for two restaurants in Bellingham. We're really excited about Bellingham. It's a great Northwest town. It's a great fit for Zeke's. And yeah, those two restaurants represent numbers seven and eight in terms of deals we've signed since COVID hit. Your locations aren't the only thing that's expanding. You've always been known for your craft beer list and that's growing too. Yeah, like I say, we're known for having one of the best craft beer programs in the Northwest. And one of the cool features of that is we do exclusive collaboration beers with a lot of the best breweries in the Northwest. And we've got one coming out soon uh, with a brewery out of Winthrop called Old School House Brewery. Mm -hmm. They make some of the best IPAs in the Northwest. Uh, This one's called Moonbooter IPA. Both companies are full of avid skiers and Moonbooter's a slang for a jump where you catch massive air. And so it's just a really good beer. We're excited about it. It'll be in cans and available for delivery. Fantastic, Dan. And beer can be delivered right to your door with great Northwest style pizza. The easiest way, just download the Zeke's Pizza app. Just a few clicks and you're all set. We love Zeke's Pizza at Mitch Unfiltered. It's homegrown in the Northwest. Unfiltered. Son, when his daddy would visit, he'd come along. When the gathering started talking, that's when Billy would take me walking. And through the backyard, we go walking. And then he'd look into my eyes. Lord knows my surprise. Episode 133, Mitch Unfiltered continues. You know, I was jumping around YouTube the other day, watching musical performers and just thinking about how many great ones are out there that we just don't know for one reason or another. I stumbled upon a super talented guy with some Northwest connections and stories. So I thought, what the hell? Let's reach out. So here he is straight from 
East Nashville. Do I got there? East Nashville, Tennessee. Corby Lanker. Hi, Corby. Hey, Mitch. Great to be here, man. And do I got it right? East Nashville, Tennessee? East Nashville, yeah. Not to be confused with the, uh, the old mainstream thing across the river. What's the difference between East East Nashville and across the river? What's well, the it depends on who you ask. You know, it's a philosophical question. requires a philosophical answer. Uh, I think a lot of us on the East side are kind of fancy ourselves a little left to center. Uh, it's kind of a lot of lifers, creative lifers, who've kind of figured out one way or another to, to stay true to their, themselves and their art and, uh, you know, pay a mortgage at the same time. Uh, so how long have you been in Nashville? And you have Pacific Northwest ties, right? Twin Falls, Idaho. Is that right? Grew up in Twin. I've been in Nashville 15 years. Um, moved here from Seattle, actually, where I lived for probably three years proper in Seattle, but I went to college in Bellingham at Western Washington University. So I was in Bellingham for a good eight, nine years uh, before I headed south. How does a Twin Falls, south. Idaho guy, a singer, a music... Okay, start from the beginning. Eight, let's, let's go. <laughs> well, we got a lot to cover here. No, 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 buddy. Corby. We okay. got a lot to cover. Eight albums. You're on your eighth album. Do I have that right? Yeah, it's about to come out May 21. Okay, what's it called? Man in the Maroon. All right. Uh, pandemic themed. All right. Eight albums, Twin Falls, Idaho, son of a mortician and a school teacher. Pick it up from there. When did you Man, start you've singing? Been, you've been reading the Wikipedia pages. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I grew up in uh, Mormon country down there in southern Idaho. There's a lot of a lot of Mormons. That was my parents' worst fear when I was growing up is I'd be uh, turned to the dark side. And for that reason, I was forbidden to be a Boy Scout. Go figure. That's the, the kind of infiltrated that organization her head then. Um, yeah, I was always uh, really interested in music. My parents aren't. To this day, I don't think they've ever bought a CD. And they're both in their 70s, so I think it's probably safe to say they may, they may never. Um, but uh, I, I got exposed to a couple of uh, bands when I was probably 14 years old. One was The Cure, and the other was just, you know, all the classic rock stuff coming out of Neil Young. Neil, Neil Young's Harvest record was really just knocked my socks off when I was a kid. And I was like, man, that was that was the gig from there on out. You know, the guy, he wrote his songs. He sings in a weird voice, but somehow kind of cool. And then he plays guitar. And it's just like the whole thing of it, it was just I mean, I've been on that, that journey ever since. So, uh, yeah, grew up in southern Idaho, uh, moved out to Bellingham. Why? Um, Why? When I was 18. I'll tell you what happened. I remember this now. I, I showed up by I, I, this this girl I was with, and we thought we'd we'd pull up stakes and go try try it out in the Pacific Northwest because you know Pearl Jam was ha happening then, and uh, what that that movie Singles with Matt Dillon was out. It was you know everything. It was grunge. It was flannel tight tight around the waist. That was that era, and we wanted to be part of it. So she had this rich uncle that uh lived in is it madison park i think yes. right on the water yeah, very yes. very posh posh yeah. area yes. posh dude like east nashville yeah <laughs> <laughs> a lot like it people probably get him confused all the time uh, -huh. uh so we we rolled up but at that time man i was driving a vw bus a 68 vw bus i had dreadlocks she was all hippied out and we rolled in i had a in fact i, I was really into this band parliament at the time this funk band and i for some weird reason um had stenciled on the back bumper this vw sticker make my funk the p funk which is one of their songs and i just we pull into the driveway and i we were gonna live there with them for a couple of months while we got established in seattle and try to figure out how to do it and uh we were there for 24 hours and the guy was like yeah uh you know what you should go up to bellingham there's a lot more people like you up there 
And so I'd never even heard of Bellingham and we pulled in and long story short, I ended up living there for just about 10 years. It was, it, he was right. Turns out, you know, wow. did you like Bellingham? Oh dude, I loved it. I you loved did. it. You did. I loved it. I, I, you know, there was a, probably two years of my life. I didn't even own a car. I just rode my mountain bike everywhere. I didn't, I didn't like wearing shoes when I was younger. You know, I was just like, they, they accept you there or and, they did then. I don't you, know if they And you were changed. singing, you were well on your way to a professional singing career? Professional? Yeah, well, I, you know, uh, well on my way or just gonna do it come hell or high water. Yeah. It depends on your, who you're asking. <laughs> I had formed this band in uh, in Bellingham when I was in college at, at Western uh, and we called ourselves the Barbed Wire Cutters. And that band really had kind of a moment in the Northwest. Uh, it was a, a bluegrass band and now there's a lot of people up in, in that part of the country doing bluegrass a lot of young people but then we were sort of the only only young people doing it and there was five of us and there was a couple of guys that could really rip on mandolin and fiddle and we had a pretty we put together a pretty good live show and i remember spin gave us a little shout out called us the young riders of the bluegrass revolt oh, nice. i still remember it all these years later uh and so i was i was playing the bluegrass blue, the bluegrass gigs uh in my early in mid-20s and then kind of i'd always been writing songs throughout all that and making my own records and at some point uh this guy got wind of me uh, in san francisco and we made a record together and he 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 gave it a pretty good ride and that's when i started touring internationally and things nice. really shifted there nice eight albums later here he is corby lenker he's with us uh, how, how many sports podcasts have you done so far this week corby? <laughs> you know there's a there's a first time for everything mitch tell you what but you have you have some you have some sports fandom in you. You were telling oh, me the dude. other day the other day about a uh, a college basketball team in, in in southern Idaho. Do I have that right? Oh my God! Yeah, this is my this is where I come from. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, in Twin Falls, Idaho, there's this this community uh, junior college called College of Southern Idaho, and they had a basketball team that was famous i guess well to me they were famous but they they had quite a legacy i i want to say coached under fred trinkle still remember his name everybody remembers fred trinkle's name he could have run from he could have run for governor of idaho i bet at the height of his tenure because uh he was the winningest basketball coach in csi's history such that we didn't lose a home game for i want to say it was like nine years like literally nine years and uh, for that reason, it was the event. You know, anytime CSI was playing ball, the whole town came. The, the shows, the, the games were sold out, like every game of my childhood. You know, I don't know if you know this, but Southern Idaho is pretty white bread down there. But at this college of Southern Idaho, there were, they imported a lot of players from Brazil and uh, Cuba. And I don't know how they got these guys, but like from my, like, the first black people I ever saw were on CSI. And to me, they were just golden gods. I mean, like there were probably eight black people in, in Twin Falls when I was growing up and they all played for Southern and they were just like, we, we just worshiped them. All the kids did jump and Joey Johnson, Eric Newman. I wonder where those guys are at today. I still remember them, but I remember this one particularly. Okay. So we had this rivalry between a team in Southern Utah, Dixie. I can't remember what else they were, if that was the, whatever, that was Dixie something. Dixie College and sometimes we lost to them on their turf but uh, they always gave us a good run on ours and I just remember this one particular game it it was on the line it was like back and forth uh, changing leads the whole time people started getting nervous like man this is this is this legacy is at stake here like what is about to happen it comes down to it they go up to with 
like I want to say 35 seconds left on the clock. It's like super on, you know, like our reputation, our self-respect in Southern Idaho was on the line here and it was serious, you know? And so they pass the ball in and it's tough deep, hands are in the face, the clock's ticking down. They're trying to find the open man. They pass it all around. All the, all the imported players too heavily guarded. They dish it off to the local boy from Buell, Idaho, Dale Karst. I still remember that dude's name. He throws up a three ball at the buzzer. The buzzer hits while the ball's in the air. And freaking swish! And to this day, dude, it's the first time I've ever seen grown men cry in public. I mean, it was so odd. The place literally exploded. I was like hugging strangers. My dad was hugging strangers. I mean, that's sports victories, right? I mean, that's why we watch it. Do you get as excited oh. about your music as you do about the sports? <laughs> Dude, I, I get excited about everything, oh, man. Oh, God. Like, that's a, a liability. Story. And you, and by the way, you were present when they blew up the kingdom here in Seattle. Dude. Dude, I was. We drove down. I was when I was living in Bellingham. Me and my friends drove down special for the occasion. But uh, we went down. You know, I, some of you, some of the listeners were probably there too, and maybe some of them went out to try to get a good look. Well, it was crowded. It was all crowded. And they walled off like a lot of uh, what do they call it south of downtown? So I don't know if they call it Soto. Soto or, yeah, 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 they do call it. So yeah, the lot, so you couldn't only get you couldn't get very close. But there was this one building in Chinatown that uh, was probably about three stories tall and there was a fire escape ladder on the side that you had to jump. You kind of had to jump and like ricochet off the brick wall and lever yourself up to get to that lower rung and then pull yourself up. It required a little bit of athleticism. And uh, me and my girlfriend climbed that ladder in front of every, like we were like, well, we might get arrested, but it'll be kind of a cool story. And we're young. It'll, you know, it'll go away by the time we're 35. And so we went up to the top of this roof and we were like, we had the place for ourselves and the, the whole kingdom was just like laid out before us. And we're like, this is the best. We, this is like we we could like have boat drinks and kick back on the lounge. But then all of a sudden, there's like another person comes up over the lip, and another person, and another person. And pretty quick, there were like sixty or seventy people oh. up on the roof of this building, and um, it was kind of amazing because it comes down to it. And I think I want to say there was a countdown or something, but we were all standing there watching it. And all of a sudden, you saw the the charges that you know the detonations on the seams of the building, and you they all went off at the same time. And I heard, I thought I heard like a little, a little explosion. And I remember turning to my girlfriend being like, huh, I just thought it would have been loud. <laughs> it's like the loudest sound. I swear to God, it took like five or six seconds to get, to get to us. It was amazing. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. And then after that, like, um, it, it, just everybody, it was like, you know, it was, it was a little bit of an unscripted, maybe semi-dangerous situation, but everybody very civilized just one at a time went down the ladder everyone you waited until the person got all the way down to the ground before you started at the top yeah. it took about 45 minutes for everybody to get off nice and safe i was like i just love america oh man i gotta tell you so last year at this time we're sports fans the ncaa mm. tournament was canceled as you know everything was canceled oh and, yeah and we wanted to figure out what we could do on our podcast on our show for everybody who loved the ncaa tournament so we decided to do an ncaa tournament style bracket with the greatest 
television theme songs. Get out. Okay? We did the greatest <laughs> television theme song. So we had thousands and thousands of people participating, and it was a lot of fun. And when I was surfing through your YouTube channel, whatever I was looking at, watching you guys do your thing, I noticed that you played the winning song. Is that your favorite television theme song or do you have others that are favorite that are favorites and, pl and play a little for us would you play? i mean that is my favorite that is my favorite uh <clears throat> let's just see i just switch microphones and uh move over here to the instrument of choice um yeah man you know i grew up with that show and it's also like it's it was a show that ran forever and we all loved those characters and then it just had that iconic theme song yeah and so at the, yeah at the beginning of the pandemic i i was just kind of trying to figure out what to do with all this new free time and i've kind of, i grew up with the piano and it kind of set it aside for a while because i've focused on guitar for many years and i was like well let's kind of see if we can get our chops back and i also like doing i like learning songs by ear and so i i thought that that's such a great song that I bet I could figure that out maybe. And so I, I recorded it and that might be what you saw, what my version of Cheers, the theme song. Of course, that's what we're talking about. Can I do a little for you? Sure. Yeah, All right, let's, better do let's the give it a whirl. Thing. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. My God, that's uh, I just hate the fact that it's such a short song. I want more. I Dude, they uh, they they got they got more verses. Portnoy, the guy who wrote the song, Gary Portnoy, he had him uh, on. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had, I don't know if he told you any of this. Did he tell you any of the story? Yeah, he told me the whole story. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you know, he wrote he wrote this whole song. I was like two verses long and all these clever lyrics. And he, when he sent it into the executives, they were like, "Yeah, people are gonna hear this every week, so you gotta kind of make it less clever." <laughs> I remember reading that in an interview. And I'm like, but those are the words he came up with. And I'm like, oh, I guess they were right because those are perfect oh. words. Your version is fantastic. Has he, has he ever, do we know if he's ever heard your version? I don't think song? he has. Oh, no, man. I'm going to play it for such a I'm going to send it to him. Dude, okay, that'd be that'd be sweet. I really love that guy, and um, I love you know that song. It's just it's such a gift to the world. So I know you're gonna try to get me away from the piano. I play the piano a little bit and get me to the guitar. You got anything else for us on the piano before you move uh, to the guitar? Do you have anything else that maybe we'd recognize on the piano? You're so good, ladies and gentlemen. Corby Lenker, the the pride of Twin Falls, Idaho. He brought the streak to a close. The nine year streak of uh, <laughs> the College of Southern Idaho. Do you have anything else on the piano for us? Let me play a little, let me play a little of a song that I okay. wrote uh, right before I, I moved from Seattle to, to okay. Nashville, kind of okay. anticipating what that would be like. Okay. Here we go.
little song in your car A little something to cheer you up It's just a mighty hard road to hold You sing a song with a shaky voice And those pretty people say you seem nice to hear are all the same to every song I sing A hundred ways to say I don't know anything But I got a winning ticket for the Tri-State Lottery And I'm going down to Nashville, Tennessee Just a little teaser. Beautiful. Here. Man. Thanks, man. That's going to be on my new record uh, coming out in uh, just a few well, weeks here. So the Man in the Maroon. We man got in that. the Maroon that's it called, is. What was the name of that song? Uh, Tri-State Lottery. That's beautiful. Name of that one. Beautiful. You want to take me to the guitar, don't you? I, I, I sense it. I mean, I'll, I'll do whatever you want me to Did do. Did you really got... perform something or record something outside the morgue where your dad, <laughs> where your dad, is that true? Is that a true story? That's not a true story. Yeah, man. Uh, one of my, the last record I did, not this most recent one about to come out, but the one before, I did a, a kind of a weird, weird deal where I, I raised a little bit of money on Kickstarter and I had this idea of going out west where I grew up and I just wanted to put... Uh, some of the music that I had written, I wanted to record it in the environment that kind of that raised me. So I bought some uh, recording gear and this kind of high end battery so I could go outside and record. And I drove out to Idaho and I recorded these songs uh, from the last record in all these places that were important to me as a kid, um, like Craters of the Moon. A national monument where they taught the astronauts how to fake the moon landing and uh this little cabin north of sun valley and my dad's mortuary uh i recorded some mortuary. songs in there too yeah unbelievable great stories great stuff all right are you gonna play something from the newest album or are you playing something on guitar from a, a, a previous okay a previous? well uh we okay so i've just played one from the new album okay so i just wanted to throw that out there okay and uh there's all kinds of stuff on that record by the way i have a lot of guitar stuff and uh, i also play claw hammer banjo nice. a good bit and um so there's a it's a, you know it's a, it's an eclectic state <laughs> serving uh this lyle lovett song okay. i like a yeah, lot yeah uh called if i had a boat okay you know that one yeah let's listen well if i had a boat i'd go out on the ocean and if I had a pony, I'd ride him on my boat And we could all together go out on the ocean Just me up on my pony on my boat And if I were Royal Rogers, I'd sure enough be single Wouldn't bring myself to marry an old dame just be me and Trigger We go riding through them movies And I'd buy a boat And on the sea we'd sail Yep And if I had a boat I'd go out on the ocean And if I had a pony I'd ride them on my boat And we could all together I'd go out on the ocean Just me upon my pony On my boat Mystery masked man was smart. He got himself Tonto. Cause Tonto do the dirty work for free. 
Tonto, he was smarter. One day said, Kimo Sabi, well, kiss my ass, I bought a boat, and I'm going out to sea. Yeah, and if I had a boat, I'd go out on the ocean. And if I had a pony, I'd ride him on my boat. And we could all together I'd go out on the ocean, just me upon my pony on my boat. Just me upon my pony on my boat. Yeah. Really, really good. Corby. Unbelievable. Mitch. Corby. Un- really, really good. It's just, it's amazing how many people out there that are so talented, like yourself, that maybe a lot of us just don't know. It's a Man, shame. we're lurking. We're lurking. <laughs> We're just biding our time, you know, oh. just in the trenches, making them songs oh. one after another. You know what you got to do is you got to come back. I know you want to do a last number as we leave us, but you got to come back like during the holidays. I got to be able to have you back during the holidays. Do oh, dude, I love I got a great Christmas song I wrote that's going to be on the new record. It's pretty funny. Oh. So uh, let's let's plan on that. Let's do that. Let's do that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Corby Lanker, all the way from from Twin Falls to Bellingham to Seattle to East Nashville. Don't get it confused, folks. Don't get it. <laughs> he was once in Madison Park, and he was thrown out of Madison Park in Seattle. After t- yeah, 24 hours. That's all they let me stay. Like, Tossed Mm-mm. all the way to Bellingham, Mm-mm. and he's leaving us. Did you say with the ukulele? Is that what you Yeah, yeah. About? I wrote this song about kind of being okay with where you're at in life, and uh, it's sort of the Corby Lanker theme song. I play yes. it at all of my shows, Yes. and I'd love to play it for you. Let's go. All right. Ain't got a steady job, ain't got a smoking girlfriend, ain't got a fancy phone, I get my music from the FM. Ain't got a private jet, ain't got a red Corvette, ain't got a summer home, just me in my apartment all alone. But that's just fine. My little life, my little life. My little life is mine, mine, mine. Don't mind the cherry coke. I don't mind the country music. I don't mind the being broke. The money's just so I can use it. I like the sleeping in. I like going to the movies. I got a few good friends. We like hanging out and doing nothing much at all. I do 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 do. My little life. Do 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 do. My little life. Do 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 do. My little life is mine, 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 mine. Some days I go gym. Some days I go to the bar, a lot more of those. Most days I wake up all alone. But that's just fine, but that's just fine. It really is my little life, do-do-do-do. My little life, do-do-do-do. My little life is mine, mine, mine. My little life, do-do-do-do. My little life, do 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 do. My little life is mine, 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 mine. It's all mine. I love the little. I, you know what? I love the fact that you shared a little of your life 
with us here on Mitch Unfiltered. That was really good. Thank you so, so much. I'm sure the, I'm sure the mother and father, they, they must have purchased one of yours. I, I got to believe they purchased one of yours, right? <laughs> they got so many of them. I mean, I just, I just, I just, I just have them sell them to the people at church. That's what I do. <laughs> Come to Seattle and perform live one of these days when we get back to normal, all right? I'm going to do it soon. Mitch, thank you so much for having me, man. I had a great time. Corby, you're the best. Next thank up you. up on Mitch Unfiltered, John Waterstrat, owner, Fireside Home Solutions, John, 2021 is going to be a better year for all of us. You and I rarely talk about your outdoor units and your fire pits, and I'm loving what I'm seeing on your website at FiresideHomeSolutions.com. Talk about that arm of your business. Yeah, great question. Our manufacturers that create the indoor fireplace create outdoor fireplaces. So we have everything from an outdoor fireplace that's fully made to be outside, stainless steel, and also fire pits. We can take that great gathering space that we have inside and create one outside. So again, on those cool, spring and summer nights that you want to continue to spend some time with your friends, we can turn those fireplaces and keep everybody warm. What's the latest on scheduling, delivery, installation timeframes? Great question, Mitch. Uh, we've been very blessed with great manufacturers. They've held steady to their uh, schedule. We're still able to install units between three to four weeks, so not too late to buy. We still have this cold January snap that we're going through in February. Just had a windstorm just the other day. So when those power outages come, you can throw that insert on and keep yourself warm in your home. And by the way, while fireplaces pay the mortgage at John Waterstrat's place, that's not the only thing you guys do at Fireside Home Solutions and do very well. Yep. Uh, we not only do fireplaces, but we do do garage doors. Garage doors has been a great business, something we've got into five to six years ago. Again, it's a very complimentary business. And when we design indoor spaces, now we can take the outdoor of your house. A garage door makes up about 30 to 40% of your home. On the front view, we can change that up for you, give you a traditional look, modern look. We can install it design it and then same thing as our fireplaces we can service it for life so it's been a great business and we just were able to do my uh, golf club at linden and put all those doors in there nice what would mitch unfiltered be without great partners like fireside home solutions and john waterstrat start your search for a fireplace or garage doors at firesidehomesolutions.com unfiltered The Patriots' decision to essentially move on from Brady. I think the Patriots know what they did. It's really changed the whole league because Aaron Rodgers sees that the Bucks bring in these guys, but his Packers didn't. He loses to them. Russell Wilson sees that. Meanwhile, on the team side, the Rams see that, hey, bringing in a better quarterback like Brady is what you needed to do to win the Super Bowl. Let's talk a little football on this episode 133. One of the terrific NFL voices. He's been really, really great to us on Mitch Unfiltered. Westerwood One, NBC, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, former NFL offensive lineman. Ross Tucker is back with us. Hi, Ross. Mitch, how are you? Good to have you back. New, uh, new NFL league year begins this week. Drew Brees kicked things off over the weekend by retiring. That's no real surprise, right? No, I think the only surprise there was really just kind of what what he was waiting for. And it sounded like he wanted to do it 15 years to the day after he had actually signed with the New Orleans Saints. So I know Drew well enough to say, Mitch, that there's always a reason 
There's always <laughs> thought and logic behind it. There's always a, a method to his madness, if you will. And man, I think he is one of the more impressive guys that I can remember during my time in the NFL. We actually, believe it or not, came in the same year in 2001. And I always just say, I mean, just think about that for a second, right? <laughs> we come in in 2001. Yeah. I'm pretty darn proud of my seven-year career. My last season was 2007. That's twice the league average. It's 2021, and he just retired. <laughs> it's insane. So where does Ross Tucker place Breeze in the quarterback discussion 25 years from now when we're talking Brady's and Manning's and Favre's and Montana's? And Elway's, and I guess Mahomes in 25. Where will Breeze fit into the conversation, Ross? It's a great question. I, I think he is higher in my mind or on my list than I think he'll be on others. I just, you know, to be able to complete over 70% of your passes multiple seasons like he did, and to go to a franchise that was really down in the dumps and totally turned them around mm -hmm. for 15 years. It's just extremely impressive. You know, I don't think he's top two or three. You know, I think that would be, you know, Brady and Joe Montana, et cetera. But I think he's probably higher in my top 10 than he is in other people's top mm -hmm. 10. You know, I'd have to sit there and actually write it down. Yeah. But I'd, I'd put him ahead of a guy like Brett Favre. I really would. Tons of subplots out here in the Pacific Northwest, Ross. You and I always talk Seahawks football when you're on. Led by the obvious question, and you've thrown your hat a little bit into the ring like everybody else on Twitter and social media and on your podcasts, of course, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Will John Schneider get a trade offer for Russell Wilson that he just can't refuse? You seem to be of the opinion he ought to not even think about it. Well... There's a lot there, right? And I talked about this a lot over the last couple of weeks on the Ross Tucker podcast because I got to start with this, Mitch. I feel like I have to say this. I'm a little disappointed in Russell Wilson. You know, we've been on, I've been on your show multiple times, right? Yep. And I have said for years, I no longer feel this way, by the way, but there was a good four or five years there where if someone said you could have any quarterback for the next 10 years, who would it be? My answer was Russell Wilson. And my answer was Russell Wilson for probably a good five years. Now, I don't think that's the case anymore with what we've seen from Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Um, I think even now people might, with Russell's age and with Deshaun Watson and Josh Allen and some of these other guys, you know, it'd be interesting to see where Russell would stack up in that conversation. But Two of the things that I greatly admired about Russell Wilson, number one, that he's never missed a game. I just find that unbelievably impressive because you know he's had injuries, you know he's been beat up, and it's, it's just almost unfathomable. But then I always love, Mitch, how it feels like Russell is the perfect face of the franchise. He always says and does the right things. Go Hawks, you know, the whole deal. Yeah. And so when he came out recently and made it clear that he's not happy, and in particular, when he discussed that he's tired of getting hit too, so much, that really bothered me. And, and it bothered me because, number one, on some level, 
he's throwing his offensive lineman under the bus. And I don't really appreciate that to, for him to say that. Number two, how about personal responsibility, personal accountability? I mean, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, who we just talked about, they would never get hit that much. You know why, Russell? Because they throw the ball away. They throw the ball away. They get rid of the ball, which he doesn't do a lot. And that's fine because he can run around and make plays, and and that's a big part of his game and a big part of what we all love about him. But I was disappointed in that. I'm not exactly sure what he's trying to accomplish right now whether he really wants to be gone, whether he really just wants to be the topic of conversation, it's a little bit unclear to me. He wants to be heard, Ross. He doesn't think that the Seahawks... Look, and you've read this and heard this too before. He feels like the Seahawks still look at him as that young kid out of Wisconsin that they plucked in the third round. They don't look at him in like a Super Bowl champion, $35 million a year ball player. They don't listen. He's frustrated that when he goes in and he says some things behind closed doors that they don't, that they tend to dismiss what Russell Wilson has to say. Well, I can see that. And I guess going public is what he feels like the way to do it at this point. Just some weird thing. I mean, okay, so he said four teams reportedly that he'd be willing to be traded to. Well, Dallas obviously isn't happening. I don't think the Raiders are happening. I don't think the Saints is happening with the money. So I guess that means the Bears. So in a very long-winded way, to get to your original question, I guess the only team that really, that's on Russell's list that I see actually doing it would be the Bears, unless... The Raiders like Russell so much that they're willing to give up Derek Carr. But I would think it would be the Bears because desperate times call for desperate measures. The GM and the head coach in Chicago are very much on the hot seat. But what do the Bears have to give Seattle that would blow them away? I mean, a bunch of draft picks, Roquan Smith. I just, I don't know. I mean, Khalil Mack. I, I just, what's that? Khalil Mack. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Do the Seahawks want to be paying him over $20 million a year? I, I, I don't know if they want to do that or not. So um, I, I just I find it hard to believe that the Bears would be able to come up with a package that's attractive enough to Seattle to get it done. Because, oh, by the way, Seattle still needs someone to play quarterback. I mean, who, who's their quarterback? They're not getting anybody back from Chicago. The, Nick Foles? I doubt it. Ross, did you tweet out, I trade Pete Carroll before Russell Wilson? Before I trade Russell Wilson? Something like that? I'd fire (laughs) Pete Carroll before I would trade Russell Wilson. What do you think of Pete Carroll saying, I got to get back to the run. He brings a Shane Waldron in to be the new offensive coordinator from the Rams, who always had kind of a run-first philosophy. What do you think about Carroll's frustration with the Seahawks not going further offensively last year and wanting to rein in the offense. Well, it seemed like, I don't know, maybe it was that Bills game where Russell turned it over a bunch and they lost. And it's like right after that, they really started to reel things back. I mean, it was like they were the whole let Russ cook thing. Went away. They let that happen for, I don't know, half the year. And then once he felt like those turnovers cost his team the game, it felt like they kind of, you know, pulled back the reins 
a little bit. Um, and look, here's the thing I would say about Pete Carroll, okay? I think he's a good coach, but there's nobody even close to as important as important in a franchise as a franchise quarterback. I mean, it's like, you know, look at what happened in New England and Tampa. You know, New England loses Brady, they go seven and nine, and Tampa gets Brady, they win the Super Bowl. I mean, look, that's only one sample, but it's a pretty good sample, Mitch. Uh, The the quarterback, Russell Wilson, what is he, 32? Yes. Way, way more important. I mean, he could play 10 years for the Seattle Seahawks. I don't know how much longer uh, Pete Carroll is going to coach. So I, I personally believe Russell Wilson is way more important than Pete Carroll. However, I think this is important. I don't know if you saw this last week. I thought I was stunned by this, Mitch. I have Greg Cosell, the NFL films guru, NFL matchup guy on the Ross Tucker football podcast every Thursday. And he said the tape shows that Dak Prescott is a better quarterback than Russell Wilson right now. He said, I don't, really? I don't think the tape says that shows that. I know really? the tape shows that. I was floored. I would not say that. I would not go there. But, you know, early in the year, before Dak got hurt, he was playing very well, and a lot of it was within the structure of the offense. You know, the one complaint that Cosell has had about Russell for years is that there are things, there are easy throws that are there in the structure of the offense. He doesn't take. That he doesn't take, and yeah. we don't know, and, and Greg said he doesn't know whether or not Russell just can't see it sometimes because of his height, or he wants to try to go for something bigger or deeper. And by the way, it works out a lot. He runs around, makes an unbelievable throw. Like, it works out a lot. But he just said the tape shows Dak Prescott's a better quarterback than Russell Wilson right now. Obviously, I was floored. I don't think I've ever heard anybody else saying that. Before you go, Ross Tucker, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, uh, the league uh, the league year starts this week. What are some of the storylines? What are you looking at? What do you find interesting? I don't know that I'm really enamored with the huge list of free agents. A lot of those guys are franchised by their teams before the deadline. What is Ross Tucker's interest? Where Where is your interest? Yeah, you know what? It's really the finances. You know, with this is unprecedented, Mitch. It's never happened before. I venture to guess, hopefully, fingers crossed for all of us, that it'll never happen again. I am fascinated to see what happens with the money. You know, what kind of deals do these guys get? How many more guys get cut? How many guys take one-year deals because they thought the cap would be close to 210? Instead, it's 182 and a half. We got guys getting cut left and right. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs cut their starting offensive tackles. Both these guys had major surgery in February, and then in March, they're fired. You know, it's a rough sport, man. It's a great sport. I take that back. It it is a rough sport. It's a great sport. It is a tough business. It it is. I mean, because by the way, the Chiefs did the right thing. They did the right thing by cutting those guys. That's what's so crazy about it. Mm. Do you think, uh, like out here, the Seahawks exposed Shaq Griffin, the corner, Chris Carson, the running back to the market? Do you think that more players, normally when guys like that don't sign extensions and don't get franchised, they end up somewhere else, right? 
Is this the year with the reduction of the salary cap, the tight salary cap, that more players like that will wander back to their previous spots and maybe sign a short-term deal until the cap goes up? I think that there's a chance of that, and I think that is sort of what the Seahawks are counting on, that there won't be as much of a market for Chris Carson, who, by the way, is now the number one running back with Aaron Jones signing back in Green Bay. Mm -hmm. I think, however, the Seahawks think they'll be able to get him back or that the market won't be what he thinks it'll be. But I don't know. I mean, now that Aaron Jones just signed, I think the Miami Dolphins or someone might give Chris Carson a pretty penny. And corners always get paid a lot. I, 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 you know, but I think that they believe that these guys have to go check out the market for themselves and realize it's not what they thought it would be. I'll be I'll be really curious to see what happens with those guys. The reason I bring it up, Ross, and I'll let you go after this. The reason I bring it up is everybody is telling me, Mitch, there's going to be a lot of one-year deals to bridge them over to the next salary cap. Well, in my way of thinking, and I didn't play the sport like you did, but my way of thinking is if I'm if I'm the advisor of a really good football player, Pick your name. It doesn't matter whether it's Griffin or Carson or somebody from another team. And I find out, you know what? We're going to have to sign a one-year deal and get to next year. Do I want to do that one-year deal in a new area, a new place, a new system, a new scheme? Or if I'm going to sign a one-year deal until next year, do I want to go back where I know the situation and I know that I can excel and put myself in a position to hit pay dirt a year from now? It's a great point. However, there are so many different things they can do with the cap, as you know, and they have a pretty good idea, I think, what the cap will be in future years. Yeah. So they can give the guy a big signing bonus, low salary, and then really increase the salaries in years two, three, and four, and maybe even guarantee the money in two and three so that they ultimately get what they're looking for. So I don't know. I I guess I just feel like, you know, Aaron Jones, Matt, you know, the Buffalo bills have signed three guys to big three and four year extensions already. So I guess I kind of feel like if it's a player that they really want, they'll find a way. Ross Tucker, Westwood One, you name it, he does it. Check him out at RossTucker.com. All of his podcasts, really, really terrific to be with you again on Mitch Unfiltered. Ross, thank you very, very much for being back with us. Yeah, my pleasure, Mitch. Thank you so much for having me. Check me out on social, please, at Ross Tucker NFL. I got a betting podcast, a fantasy (laughs) podcast, whatever you guys want, I got it for you. Thank you, Ross. See ya. Hey, hey, another chance to visit with my man Jordan Flowers of the Kirkland office of Gil Mortgage. How are we doing, Jordan? We're doing great, Mitch. Thank you, and thanks for having me back on. It's great to have a great partner on. Interest rates spike a little bit from where we were for the longest time, especially during the pandemic. Did all of us who hesitated to buy or refinance, did we blow it, Jordan? You definitely haven't blown it. Anybody out there, the rates are still at historic lows. There has been a little tick up, but there's still phenomenal time to look at refinancing or purchasing that new home. Where exactly does that leave all of us that are selling or buying a house? Tis the season. Tis the season. It's the spring season. It's historically that time of year, everybody's getting their homes ready to sell. 
or buyers out there already looking on the market. It kind of hit a little earlier this year. Extremely competitive environment. Homes are appreciating and selling for 10, 20, even some 30% over list. And so it leaves a lot of sellers right now wondering, well, if we sell, where do we go? Uh, we do have solutions and programs to help people buy a new home, non-contingent, and still use the equity of their departing residents. We're helping people win there, sellers win there, so they can buy that new home before they uh, list and sell their house. And we're helping first-time home buyers in this incredibly challenging environment and then winning offers still five ten percent over so there's lots of areas where jordan and his team at the kirkland office of guild mortgage can help you not just strictly mortgages where would they call where would they phone would they go to you directly or somewhere else they can reach me on my office line 425-250-3145 or on my cell phone at 425-890-2957 the Kirkland office of Gill Mortgage. Great partners, Jordan Flowers and his team of Mitch Unfiltered. Unfiltered. Without further ado, let's begin the reveal of the tournament brackets from the NCAA. These are first and second round games on Saturday and Monday, and the overall number one seed is Gonzaga with the Bulldogs heading up the West region, and why not? The South region, these are first and second round games Friday and Sunday, March 19th and 21st. And the number one seed, the Baylor Bears for the first time in school history, Clark Baylor, a number one seed in the tournament. The Midwest region, first and second round games Friday and Sunday, the 19th and the 21st. And Illinois fighting Illini, the number one seed, one of the powerhouses down the stretch. The East region, these are games to be played Saturday and Monday, the 20th and the 22nd. And the number one seed, is Michigan, the Wolverines. He's one of the top college basketball writers in the nation and has been for quite some time. Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News, who's ready to teach us Brackets 101 and guarantee victory to all of us if we heed his advice. Right, Mike? Oh, man, I don't know about that. (laughs) Money back guarantee. (laughs) One of the things that drives me craziest about this night is that the first thing they want, um, and, you know, I love my company, Sporting News. It's the most wonderful place in the world to work. But the first thing that they want is the bracket completed because it's what other people want. It's what our audience wants, and they get that. Of course. But you have to get it done so fast that, <laughs> that it, you know, the opportunity to really go through the matchups and make intelligent selections that may just as easily go awry – but at least you have that feeling of, okay, I gave it my best shot, and that's what I came up with instead of, mm, well, we got to get this one done cause, uh, yeah. uh, because that's, you know, cause that's what the demand is. And I totally get it. I, it it's, uh, I, it's not a complaint. It, but, uh, you know, it, it's a longstanding thing with me in the, in the office. They, they know it's, the, it's like it's the only thing I'm assigned to do all year that I'm not happy about doing. <laughs> But the truth is, would you be any more accurate if I gave you three or four extra days, Mike? Well, that's what you don't know. I mean, uh, I, you know, but I, I, I always feel like, see, if I had more time, I would have known that so-and-so couldn't handle the press or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's a lot of teams. It's a lot of teams. So let me ask you before we ask you to start to fill out the bracket, a few just overall questions. Is there a passion, Mike, missing? from America this year with all that's going on. Virtually no one in our audience has been to a single game. 
The tournament is in Indianapolis only. Will we find out in a week or two that less brackets were filled out ever than in recent years and fewer pools exist? Well, I, I don't know because I, it, it's different, obviously, because instead of going to the Xerox machine and knocking off 50 copies or whatever, uh, as would be standard procedure, and then spreading it around the office and and then everybody turning it into Joe's desk by 4 o'clock on Wednesday or whatever it is, you can't do that now. And now uh, one has to find a way to uh, to set up the pool without being able to be together in a lot of cases. So some offices are back, but not, not, not I don't know that, it, I, I don't know, I, I doubt it's the majority. Mm-hmm. And so that, that, that might impact it some. But I can tell you, I... I you know, maybe it's just someone who lives the game like I do, but I had I found this season to be fascinating. It was obviously abbreviated, and it's harder to compare teams than it ordinarily would be because you don't have that vast amount of of cross conference interaction that you would have had in November and December in an ordinary year. But watching the SEC championship game on Sunday. Uh, breathtaking stuff. The Big Ten championship game might have been even better. Uh, watching Josh Pastner win uh, a conference championship when uh, he has been someone who has been demeaned and derided a lot through his career. Uh, I, I, I have found this to be an absolutely fascinating season. And of course, you know, close to your home, uh, you have an undefeated team. Yeah. Now, I, I will say, I, I'll say that Gonzaga's undefeated season has probably been the least celebrated that I can remember. And I think part of that is because once they got through the, the difficult games of November, early, late November, early uh, and all of December, and they, and they, they stacked as many tough games as they could on that schedule. Uh, I, but once they got through it, the difference in the chemistry of the WCC from this year to a normal year was really profound. That's the one place where I think the absence of fans was most glaring was in trying to take Gonzaga down. Ordinarily, the Zags go to St. Mary's, that little gym they have, San Francisco, Pepperdine, Santa Clara, and those people come and they stack the place and they get loud because they, they realize, like, if, the, if they can beat Gonzaga it, it, you know, they're probably not getting into the tournament anyway, but if they can beat Gonzaga, they can say, we beat Gonzaga. And that's how it is every year in the WCC. Mm. And this year, with no crowds, the Zags didn't have to face that. And so the differential between their talent and the other teams, which is vast, uh, really made a difference and, and, and couldn't be overcome. And so, it, so I, think that, I think that now we get to shine a light on the Zags you know they got to play uh, a high-level string of opponents, uh, six to win it all, uh, and remain unbeaten and become the first undefeated uh, champion since '76. And I think they're certainly capable of that. Your explanation of Gonzaga in microcosm might be the answer to the next question. In fact, does the unusual Indianapolis setting, limited fan dynamic? mean more upsets, less upsets, or we don't know? You know, I think what means more upsets is that we don't know as much about the teams as we usually do. And I think that's why we had two major conference bid stealers in this year. We had Oregon State 
in in the Pac-12 and Georgetown in the Big East. Now, what I mean by a bid stealer is a a team that gets the automatic bid that would not get that bid under any circumstance other than winning the automatic bid uh, from from the conference tournament championship, and that therefore excludes someone from the at-large pool. Probably this year, one of those two or both of them knocked out Louisville, uh, for instance. And usually we'll get about one of those maybe every 10 years because there are generally five to seven, and and this year in the Big Ten, nine teams that are capable of of getting to the tournament without the automatic bid. So usually one of those wins it because they're they're better. And but this year we had we had those two, and 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 there was a chance for a third in the uh, in the. American Conference, but it didn't work out for Cincinnati. It clearly didn't work out. They lost like 90 to 50, but that that's really unusual. So I think that in that sense, I think there will be more upsets, especially in the early rounds, especially you know in the middle of the field. I still think that um, I still think that when we get to the Final Four, there are there there are some really terrific teams. Uh, Zach Gonzaga, uh, Illinois. I think they'll I think they'll find a way to get through. But uh, there also were the instances of the committee underseeding teams. Like if if Illinois doesn't get through, they'll probably lose to Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma State was the, was the biggest. There there weren't really very many seeding botches or or selection botches for the committee. They really blew it with Oak State, uh, really? giving them a four yeah a four seed. Now let me give you a stat. They are they were ten and six. In quad one games, quad one games are the are the are the are the most difficult games to win based on who you're playing and where you're playing. Uh, road games against top 75, home games against top 30. That's in between uh, on the neutral floors. They were 10 and six. The teams on the line ahead of them were two were seven and eight, eight and six, six and five, seven and seven. Oh. How how did they wind up with the four seed? I, I, you add in the the greatness of Kate Cunningham. Uh, one of the absolute best players in college basketball and, and one of the most likely players to be selected with the number one pick in the NBA draft. I don't know why you'd necessarily want to do that to Illinois if they're one of your number one seeds. I see it. I see it. So you think that the committee as a whole, under the unique set of circumstances, did a good job. Who got jobbed? Who got lucky? Well, you know, the one of the reasons why, it, you know, it's hard to criticize a bracket that's, and I'm not trying to brag here, but it's pretty doggone close to what I predicted for Fox Sports uh, when when all was said and done with the uh, Big Ten Championship and the American Championship this afternoon. I got 67 out of the 68 teams and only had two teams that were more than a line off their seat. Wow, look at uh, you, so, Lenardi. Good job, Lenardi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about that? Uh, so... So it's hard for me to criticize, and that's why I use the Oak State as an example because there weren't a lot of those. I, I, honestly, I, I like Utah State's, State's program. I've spoken to their people about the end of last season when they won the automatic bid in the Mountain West and uh, and, and then didn't obviously have the opportunity to play. I thought they, the, the people that I talked to out there were delightful, but I just didn't think this team did enough to get in uh, relative to Louisville. Uh, it's not a huge gripe because uh, because Louisville didn't have a great record either, uh, but uh, I, I'm sure the Louisville people think it's a huge gripe yeah. uh, because yeah. they didn't get in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, other than those two things, so where, I, I thought that they did a really good job. Where would you have put OK State? 
Two or three? Oh, I, I, I thought I thought they had a chance at a two uh, if they had won the Big Twelve tournament. I thought they would have taken Houston's two and should have, uh, but they they weren't able to get that done. Uh, Texas won the game, so uh, so they I thought a three for them was fair, and I I thought that they should have been ahead of West Virginia. Well, let's go around it a little bit and get some thoughts, some quick thoughts from you. Go back to Mark Few's crew. Are they about as closest thing to a lock for the Final Four as we've seen in several years? Well, I think they have a great shot. I, I, they, they have to overcome that unbeaten thing. I, you know, one of, the, one of Mark's jobs is to say, look, you know, unbeaten doesn't mean anything now. It really doesn't. It might mean something at the end, but right now the only goal is to be 6-0. and And that's true for Illinois, and it's true for Baylor and Michigan and whomever else. The only goal is to be 6-0. and what, what they've done to this point is – totally inconsequential. And, and I think they have to forget completely about what their record is and trying to match Indiana or whatever else. Uh, so that's, that's the number one thing. And if they can do that and they can just focus on winning the next game and winning the one after that and winning four of them to get to, to the final four and then winning two more. And then once you get to the final four, I don't think the unbeaten thing really comes into it anymore. Even though the last two, truly great teams that had an undefeated record lost it in the national semis. I didn't think that the undefeated thing was the weight uh, at that point. Uh, I thought for Vegas in 91, the weight was they'd never been in a close game. They had no idea. Once, once Bobby Hurley rose up and 216 left and hit a three-pointer and, and cut a five-point Vegas lead to two, I don't think Vegas knew how to react. And I think Gonzaga playing close – in the BYU game, having to rally from a double-digit halftime deficit, Jalen Suggs having to put the team on his shoulders and say, we're not losing this game, fellas, and I'll, and I'll do everything I have to do to make sure of that. His willingness and ability, his ability is never questioned. It's willingness. Will you step forward in that moment and do those things? And he did all of them. Mike, how, how good are these Big Ten teams? We've seen them all look great against one another. Illinois, Michigan, Iowa, Ohio State, I think are all ones or twos, and there's many more. Um, We see this from year to year. The ACC have great, great teams, and then they go into the tournament and not do so well. Or the Big East back in the day with five or six of the top 15 teams in America, and they all look great when they're playing conference games against one another, and then they don't look so good in the NCAA tournament. How legit are these four, five, six big, Big Ten teams? I think they have five teams that could make the Final Four. Now, that doesn't mean any of them will make it. But I, I think that the one thing to remember is that when you have nine teams in, in the tournament, a lot of them, like at least eight of them are guaranteed to lose. I mean, even if you get the champion, the other eight are going to lose. And so, it, it, you know, you, you can't get wrapped up in, well, geez, you know, you had nine teams, but, you know, five, four of them lost. You only had five teams in the Sweet Wait, wait, that's more than a quarter of the Sweet 16? You understand what I'm saying? It's, you know, it, 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 if you have that many, some of them are going to lose. So I, I think the quality is really strong. I, I, it looks – it looks well-matched for them to get uh, one or two teams to the Final Four. But you have to do the work, Which two? and it's not easy. Which two? I have, I have Purdue and Illinois making it. Uh, I, I think Baylor is a great team and has, and has had a great season, won the Big 12 regular season championship. And a lot of people are tracing their recent decline is a strong word, diminishment. Uh, the recent diminishment to the fact that they were on a three-week COVID pause. 
And, the, and indeed, they have not been as, uh, very good since they returned from the COVID pause. They've been allowed each of their seven opponents since that, that was over to score at least a point per possession. And, and a point per possession is, is, is a poor figure. You allow it to get over, you know, one or over, and you're not playing great D. Um, they're typical when they when last year when they were fourth in the country it was .88 points so it's a significant difference a 12 percentage point difference uh, from from where from when they were at their best but they weren't defending at that level at the great level prior to this the stoppage either if you look at their five games before that three of the teams hit a point and one of them was within, uh, I think it was at .94. So, I mean, they haven't been guarding for a while. Maybe they just peaked. Uh, it's the same group of players that a year ago would have been a Final Four contender, and then they came into this year and were just tearing the cover off the ball, but it's not happening now. So Purdue over Baylor in the Sweet 16 in the South, and then you have them facing who in the Elite Eight from that bracket? Yeah, I, I have Ohio State, uh, and an all, an so all, that would guarantee. An all-Big Ten Final yeah. eight in the South. That, that's what I have. Right. Yeah. Anybody in that bracket before we get out of the South? Uh, any teams that we should we should fade? Any teams that we should like maybe to win a game or two that wouldn't ordinarily expect it? You know, I, I think that I would be worried about Villanova. Everybody is. Uh, yeah. yeah, lost their All America point guard or their All All League point guard. Then uh, his replacement got banged up too. They still are capable, but Winthrop is a very strong team, uh, won, won nearly every game they played this year. And then, as I mentioned before, if they happen to survive Winthrop, which I, I expect they will, uh, then they have to play Purdue in the second round. I don't think that's a good matchup for them. Okay. All right, so Villanova we don't like. Uh, we, like ba- we like Baylor to lose to Purdue in the Sweet 16 and then face off against Ohio State. You like Purdue, the four seed from the south. Let's go down – to bottom right, I think you already showed your hand on this. You yes, like you Illinois. Like Illinois. Tell me more about that bracket and who could sleep their way into a couple of wins. Who you like to the the Elite Eight, all that stuff. Yeah, I mean the the Oak State misseeding is the only thing between Illinois and, and a near open bracket. Okay. Honestly, okay. Houston Houston as a two seed is. I mean, I, I watched them play Memphis yesterday, and the game was an absolute train wreck. And and Memphis could easily have won the game. And they played them a week ago, and maybe that's just a tough matchup for them. But uh, Houston, I mean, uh, Illinois is, uh, if they happen to play one another in the regional final, and I don't have that. I have West Virginia beating Houston. But if they happen to play each other in the regional final, Illinois has all the qualities that Memphis has in terms of their length and their dynamism and their defensive ability, but they can also run offense. Memphis can't, and 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 Houston was in two life or death games with Memphis in seven days. So I don't think that matchup works at all for the Cougars. And and so if they do get that far, I, I that's another Illinois. Uh, I, I don't think it's a difficult pick for Illinois. The only one in the whole in the entire bracket. That would worry me if I were an Illini fan. Would be Oak State. Okay, but you have Illinois getting through Oak State. I do. I, I think they're. I think they can find a way through that. But it's going to be tough. Okay. Uh, Oak State can really score, and and Cunningham is. is the Cunningham has been the over the last two weeks. The maybe you know maybe the best player in America I in that so. two week period. I think so. So Illinois, for Mike DeCourcy, the Sporting News over West Virginia, in the Midwest yes. Regional Final. All right, move over to the bottom left. Uh, more Big Ten. We've got Michigan, the one on the bottom. Alabama, out of nowhere, 
Uh, this is not Nick Saban. This is basketball, and they're number two. Um, we've got the great story of Georgetown. If you don't believe in karma in sports, uh, maybe you should look at the Georgetown story. Uh, everybody was mad about Michigan State and UCLA having to play in the play-in game. Everybody thought that both those two teams deserved to be in with a bye, at least if you call it a bye. Tell me uh, the Mike DeCourcy thoughts on the East region. Yeah, I thought that Michigan State got – that's another one of the bracket foul-ups that the committee delivered, Michigan State having to play in the, in the uh, first four. I thought UCLA was a borderline call there. Um, I did not have them in the first four, but I understand why they are. But Michigan State beat two of the number one seeds. And so how do you put them in a circumstance where they have to basically play their way into the field when you've already beat two of the number one seeds and one of the number twos? I, I understand why they would be deep in the field with that record, but, but on, a, on a first four when Utah State beat San Diego State twice at home, and that's, their, and that's like their whole resume? I mean, you know, that's, you know, that's like me getting a job at the White House because I picked brackets <laughs> well. Come on. <laughs> Okay, more. Give me more. Michigan, who beats Michigan along the way to the uh, to the Final Four? I have Michigan losing to Alabama. I, it's a tough road for Michigan. Really? Al- you have Alabama? I think many brackets around the country, just because we're not familiar with Alabama, is going to pick on Alabama as to be a, a an ousted team. There's a lot of people that like Florida State and what Leonard Hamilton has done there with Florida State, but you don't think Florida State can beat Michigan in the Sweet 16. Michigan over Alabama to get to the Final Four? No, I've got the tie. I, oh, you got the tie. Hold on a second. You got Alabama beating Michigan to get to the I Final do. Four. Alabama in the Final Four. I do. I, you know, I, I, you know, my one mistake today, my one bracket mistake that was egregious was that I watched Alabama play LSU, and after having LSU in an 8-9 game in my bracket literally for like seven weeks straight, they were like, you know, like like in Casey Kasem's top 40, they were like, and they were on a number eight line for seven weeks straight. Casey would have, you know, he'd have, he'd, have, uh, he'd, have, he'd have loved to make a note out of that. And then today after watching them, I thought, Maybe I'm underrating them. So I moved them to a six, and that turned out to be one of my only two line misses. I had only two in the whole bracket. So, uh, But I, I, I thought the same of Alabama. I wasn't going to move them onto the one line. But uh, but I was really impressed. Uh, and I've seen them before, but I, I, I think they, they have a good, solid group. Uh, you know, they're, they're veteran players. Uh, Javon Quinterly is playing like a superstar, and I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, Quinterly is now dominating games. And when he came out of high school, he was a big deal recruit. And and he went to Villanova and just struggled to fit in. It didn't work for him. And then he transferred, and I think this is his first year there. I think he was first year eligible at Alabama, and he's been fantastic. Alabama, the two seed in the East. You've got Illinois, one over three over West Virginia in the Midwest. You've got Purdue, the four, coming out of the South. And clearly you have Gonzaga beating who? Whom, I guess it's whom, in the uh, in yeah. the Elite Eight. I have Iowa there. One, two. I have Iowa there. So yeah. 
I bought I, I bought heavily into the Big Ten here, but you know I, I like Kansas team. I think they've I think they've it's a rare Kansas team that's overachieved to an extent. They 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 battled to be as good as they are, but they aren't overly talented. Uh, not to the not 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 to their traditional level. Uh, they they don't have any one player that, other than Marcus Garrett that is consistently reliable at his role, and yet they've managed to get to a three seed. I think it's been a pretty amazing achievement, but uh, I don't think that they are. I I don't think they're great, and I think Iowa has the potential on a day to be really to to you know to be able to win a, a game like that. I don't think that they can play with Gonzaga. Okay. Uh, I, I think they they can they can stick with them for a little while. They'll make shots and and hang around, but uh, in the end, I think Gonzaga will be too much for them. Gonzaga against Alabama in one semifinal. I'm assuming you've got Gonzaga into the national championship game, and I'm I'm guessing correct. Illinois over Purdue in the other game. Also correct. Gonzaga and then it became a really difficult choice. Okay, I, I would say two of the best three teams in the country the whole year. Yeah. Well, I mean, Illinois probably more so the last in, in last uh, month or so. Uh, Michigan had been the third team, you know, the third Beatle. They'd been the George Harrison to to John and Paul, uh, Baylor and Gonzaga all year. Uh, and now I think it's been Illinois that has taken uh, has taken over, and maybe they're you know maybe they're knocking. Uh, you know they're having the post the George Harrison post Beatles career, which was brilliant, and uh, it, it's they've been great. And so I have the Zags and Illinois playing each other, and I thought as long and hard as I could before I turned in my rushed bracket. Yeah. Uh, and I and I went and I just I, I between uh, the um, the ability of Suggs and the fact that they were my preseason pick, and 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 the ability of Corey Kispert to make shots that. I I went with the Zags in, to win it all, but if we get that championship game, it'll be it'll be it'll be brilliant. And then the question that we all started this interview with uh, about the interest level, I think people will come around to that. And we're not worried about what the Big Ten tournament took out of Illinois or any of these other Big Ten teams. You know, it's hard to say. Uh, I I did a little research today and. You know, uh, probably it's less than fifty percent of the time that the conference that the that the eventual national champion was a conference tournament winner, but there but there's still that fifty percent or so that, that that it happens. It really it's it's really hard to say. But the other thing about it is that uh, Illinois won't start this tournament until you know a day or two later than it ordinarily would, and then of course it'll play a sixteen seed. It'll play uh, Drexel. Yes. Is that who, yeah, Drexel, Drexel. Yeah. Um, and then the winner of Loyola, so, Chicago and Georgia Tech. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they get an extra day to two days to to rest up, and I don't think that'll. Be, and then they get to play a sixteen, which shouldn't be that challenging. And so I don't think that uh, okay. fatigue will be that problematic for them. Gonzaga versus Illinois. Mike DeCursey said it first. He said it right here. I guess you're gonna. I think you're gonna see that one a lot. That's not going to be an unusual and uncommon final championship game right? if i if i see it on uh, monday april 5th i'll be delighted <laughs> I, I i've been looking forward to uh Gonzaga baylor all year but uh, uh, and i'm not saying that won't happen but i it, it doesn't have, hold quite the glamour now that it did a month ago and of course by the time we got to it you'd be looking at undefeated versus two loss. So then it would regain that glamour. It would still be a great game. Thank you, Michael. Great to visit with you again. Let's do it as the uh, the tournament unfolds. Let's do it one more time. Thank you so much. 
You bet. Thank you. Okay, round two time. Make Mitch look silly with investment trivia. Here's Katie Versio, a senior financial planner of Evergreen Golf Call. Hi, Katie. I think I was one and a half out of three last time, something like that, 50%. (laughs) Yes. Hi, Mitch. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to see how you do this time. Okay, question one. Go. So we've all seen GameStop in the news. Which of the following is correct regarding short selling? Unlimited upside. Two, there's unlimited downside. It generates an income stream or it hedges your position. Well, because Jeff Dix of Evergreen Golf Call was on a recent show, I know the answer to this. It can go up, up and away. It could go up as high as it wants to go. So there's unlimited downside because when Mm -hmm. you short a stock, you're rooting for it to go down and it could go up forever. That's right. Yes. So you're correct. It's number two. There's unlimited downside. So that's why it can be so dangerous because it's unlike if you were to just buy a stock, what we'd call long, where you know the price can't go below zero. All right. I'm one for one. Okay. So with tax season coming up, individuals need to remember to make their IRA contributions for 2020 before April 15th. So for individuals that are under the age of 50, what's the maximum that you can contribute? Is it $10,000, $6,000, $19,000, or $1,000? Yeah, I know the answer to this. For many, many years, even though I'm now over the age of 50, my accountant every year in April would tell me to make this contribution to my IRA, and I would grumble, but I did it, and it was $6,000 every year. Correct. Uh, yeah, you're two for two here. It's important to remember to make those ongoing contributions. I know it can be a little bit of a pain, but you get a little bit of a break because you've got until... April 15th of the next year to make them. And if you're over the age of 50, you actually get another $1,000 so you can contribute up to $7,000. Two for two, I'm going for the clean sweep, Katie. Okay, so 2020 was obviously a very turbulent year. Uh, What was economic growth for the year as measured by GDP? Was it zero or flat on the year? Was it negative three and a half percent? Was it negative 6.2% or was it up 1%? Gross domestic product, right? That's right. I'm going to go down 6%. It was a bad year. Oof, so actually uh, you got that one incorrect. The correct answer is actually 2, negative 3.5%. You know, we saw some of the sharpest decline in GDP back in the spring, in March and April, but the second half of the year actually rebounded quite a bit. So that's why it's not down as much as it could have been. Well, two for three in my second go around. I'm still going up. I'm going three for three the next time. She's Katie (laughs) Versio, and she's a senior financial planner with Evergreen Golf Call, a premier wealth manager in the Northwest. Unfiltered. Stuff segment, episode 133 with Hotshot Scott. You want to go first? The people who stole Lady Gaga's two French bulldogs and then yeah. shot her dog walker? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. now they think it might have been part of a gang initiation. I know, right? Crazy. That's what the police are thinking because... Did they catch him? They, uh... They I caught don't, him. I think they caught him. Well, they found him. the dogs, like, strapped to a pole somewhere in L.A., right? They did. Having it, lunch at a Beverly Hills restaurant. <laughs> that's right. They found him in an alley tied to a pole. Oh, alley. And some that. woman called it in. Yeah. But she hasn't been cleared yet. So she hasn't received oh. her half a million dollars. Oh. Yeah. But they say that the fact that, that people shot the dog walker, they could have easily just taken the dogs and not shot him. They think it's The dog part, walker lived, right? He lived. He got shot in the chest and lived. Yeah. Crazy. But, yeah, so she hasn't been cleared yet, and she hasn't gotten her half a million dollars so we, we discussed that earlier. I wanted to just update you on that. We'll see what happens. Hotshot Myers Leonard 
A little-known NBA player of the Miami Heat is in the news. Yeah. Did you see that? I For did. For all the wrong reasons. I had never heard of Myers Leonard. I had, you but have, I didn't okay. know him well. He's like a scrub for the Miami Heat at the end of his NBA career. Okay. He doesn't play this year because he's hurt. I think he, when he was playing, he was playing like two minutes a game. But he uttered this terribly offensive anti-Semitic slur. Yeah. He yelped during playing uh, this online version of uh, Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Yeah. Are you a Call of Duty fan? Do it's you know a, about this? It's a game I think I'd love because I do love first-person shooters, which is yeah. what that is. Yeah. I love Halo. Halo so is like you my game. Well, you know, when you don't have a job, it's sitting around on the couch playing video <laughs> have, games. Have bad you luck. ever played Call of Duty? I haven't. Because uh, okay. I, I, I know I'd love it. I know I would love it. I love first-person shooters. But no, I, I know what it is. Of course, it's a huge game. He used a word that Jewish people like myself would say is probably the most, most flagrant anti-Semitic word that you can use. Now, having said that, what do we do? What do we do about Myers Leonard? He says that he didn't know what the word meant he didn't understand. He has apologized. He has taken responsibility. The NBA has spoken, I guess. The Miami Heat has spoken. By the way, for the record, nobody really knows the origin of that word. I mean, you'd have to look it up to figure out. the. Even Jewish people don't know the origin. We just know that it's as bad a, about as negative a word as you can use about us that you can use. And I, So I believe that he doesn't know what the word meant. Yeah. But you cannot convince me that Myers Leonard did not know that he was using an anti-Semitic... Just by knowing that word, just by being able to say that word, just by having that word in his vocabulary, yeah. to me, tells me, okay, if you're trying to tell me that you didn't know you were using an anti-Semitic slang when you uttered that word, I don't believe that. I don't believe that to be true. I don't think... Well, I don't know. Who knows? But I, I don't think he knew that it was anti-Semitic, but I do think he knew that it was had a negative connotation because he was upset. But What's I, the I, difference? I don't it think, had a negative connotation, but he didn't know it was anti-Semitic. You don't think he knew it was about Jewish people? I don't think he did. Really? Yeah. Wow. If I had to get, but clearly wow. he 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 knows it's a negative word because he so was what, upset when he used okay, it. Okay. So what do we do with him? Yeah. I, it's easy for me to overreact as a member of the Jewish community. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're you're not yet. You we've tried say that, to, but how do you we, know? We've tr we've tried to we've tried to convert you <laughs> and and Piper. We want Piper. We don't want you and your wife. <laughs> okay, fine. We want Piper. Fair enough. She likes brisket and. Come on, yeah, bring, yeah. Bring, bring her over for Hanukkah. <laughs> okay. Uh, More presents. What do we do? Well, I mean, how'd you feel? Did, did you just like kind of read that story and go, whatever? No, I don't or go did whatever it, did, it, did it bother you? Yeah, of course. Look, what I'm, do we I'm, do with him? I'm not part of the LGBTQ community. I'm not African-American, but I still get very offended when I hear that stuff. I'm not saying you don't. I'm just yeah, asking. Of course. I mean. So what do we do? Do we give the guy a second chance? Do we close the book on Myers? Look. I know that we're in a we live in a in a time where we're completely sensitive and we should be about a lot of different things. Yeah. But you know, do we judge a person and it's this is coming from me now, but do we judge a person about about his worst day or his uh, a bad day when he had a bad day and made a bad mistake? Is that the end of him as we know it? Because here's what I ask. This was terribly offensive to me, but my my thought is, and I, I get a kick, and so I know you do too, Julian Edelman's response, the oh. Jewish wide receiver, I, who we all love to hate. I want to not like him for some it's reason. It's impossible not to like. At least for me, it's impossible. I remember he like. got arrested for jumping up on the car in, in Beverly Hills or something, and I, I want to not like him, but his statement I thought was amazing. Yeah, he was essentially opening his arms to Meyer, Myers Leonard, as he did with Deshaun Jackson, and said, hey, 
You don't know probably what that means. You don't probably know a lot about what my ancestors have been through. Mm -hmm. Why don't you come down? I'll come down to Miami where you live and let's have dinner together. Yeah. Yeah. He says he's in Miami fairly often and let's have a Shabbat dinner. Julian Edelman is showing compassion. Yeah. For a guy who said something terribly offensive, which I kind of like. Well, I, I kind of like. Remember when the I should know his name when that the Cincinnati Reds broadcaster Tom Brenneman. Tom Brenneman. Tom Brenneman. I yep. told you back then that I'm sick of people getting fired for making a mistake, especially in a world where 40 million people or whatever are on unemployment. Yeah. Like Tom, I wish Tom Brenneman could have kept working, and then maybe some of his salary goes to the LGBTQ community who he offended. Let's not be so quick to just blow people out of the water. I, I, so yeah. that's that's kind of where I, I am with him. Okay. Well, before we put it away, I'll I'll just say this. Two months ago, you know the name Justin Thomas or don't know the name Justin Thomas? Golfer. Yeah, golfer. Yeah, I can't picture but, his face, but, but I know his But name. let's not mistake Justin Thomas for My- Myers Leonard. Myers Leonard is a guy who's almost out of the NBA. He's on the very end of a bench. Okay. Justin Thomas is truly one of the best probably right now. In fact, this past weekend won the Players' Championship, which is a huge event. Right. Uh, the biggest non-major event. He's also won a major. He's probably one of the five or six best players in the world right okay. now. He's as prominent as they come. And until a couple of months ago, squeaky clean. I mean, super likable. You, you can't help but you, his relationship with his dad and who taught him and his grandfather. I mean, everything about Justin Thomas you loved okay. up until two months ago. Do you, you remember we talked a little bit about this? Yeah, I remember he yelled something. Yeah, that- so two months ago, he's at a golf tournament. I don't remember where, where he was, maybe Hawaii. And he missed a putt and he got frustrated with himself and he yelled the F word, the anti-gay F word gotcha. at himself. I remember. Which was caught on audio microphones as it all it always is yep and all of a sudden this guy who could do very little wrong always said the right thing always presented presented himself with grace and was like at the center of a whirlwind controversy and i would contend and i can't speak for the gay community that the word that he uttered was the equivalent to them as the word my myers leonard said playing call of duty yeah and what did we do with Justin Thomas? That was a hard one because he wasn't a scrub and he was a very likable and popular player. What do we do? Do we just look the other way? Well, Ralph Lauren, who paid him a lot of money to wear his shirts mm-hmm. and his clothes, canceled him, yeah. said no more. We can't be a part of that. Um, and other sponsors either dropped him or made him pay his portion of the endorsement money to charity. Um and slowly but surely, and it's only a couple of months ago, Scott, I think we're, and then he won this past weekend. I think we're beyond, he took complete risk. He said, I was an idiot. I'm stupid. Yeah. I apologize to everybody. It's something that I'm going to be remorseful for a long, long time. He said all the right things. He did all the right things. And I think as soon as now, two months after, we've moved beyond it. I can't speak for everybody because... He offended people probably more than he offended me. I was really disappointed in him. Yeah. But I think he's gotten beyond it, or he's well on his way in a few years to being the squeaky clean, lovable Justin Thomas again. Don't we afford Myers, Leonard, whatever the equivalent of that is? That's my question. I think you have to. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's one group called Jew in the City, and... The founder, Allison Joseph, she was pretty merciful on him, saying he should get a second chance as long as he's willing to learn 
what that word means right. and to learn Kinda more like about Julian Jewish Edelman. people in yeah. general. Yeah, yeah. So there are, yeah. so the Jewish community, at least this group is extending an olive branch. And I, I think that's the right move. I'm tired of just blowing people out of the water for okay, good. saying a We're word. We're on the that, same that, page. Yeah, Mitch unfiltered on the same page. All right. Happy Grammys day to you. You love the Grammys? Is not being filmed as we speak or being recorded? I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> How many people would you know of the winners? I know it's getting less for me too, less and less. It's every funny because I didn't know them at sixteen and seventeen either. Well, that's true. How about some Grammy trivia? How about that? Are you ready sure, for some Grammy sure, trivia? Sure, sure, I'm ready. Pianist and conductor George Salty. Pianist. Yes, he has the most Grammys with thirty-one Grammys. Yeah. Which Garfield High School student and Seattle University student? Has the second most at 28. Quincy Jones. Wow, bang, hit the bell. You got it. You knew that, really? No, I didn't know it, but I just I just told you the answer. What? I thought I it was a guess. No, come you, on. you knew Quincy Jones lived come in on, Seattle? You gave it away. Come on, if I don't know that. Okay. Well. I could have gone Kenny G. Where did he go to school? Franklin High School? Yeah, where did, I don't know where Kenny Roosevelt G. Roosevelt High School? Maybe Roosevelt. I don't know. With Hugh Millen. They, they were in the same band. <laughs> I think he beat Millen out for the first string quarterback his freshman too. year. Yeah, yeah. By the way, Blue Ivy, you know Blue Ivy? No. Jay-Z and Beyonce's daughter, she won a Grammy. She's nine years old. What? She's the second youngest person to ever win a Grammy. Who's the youngest? Is that what you're going to ask me? Who's the youngest? No, I, you, you won't know the youngest. Shirley Temple. You, would, <laughs> you won't know her. She was on the Oh Brother, Where Art Thou soundtrack today. Oh. But congratulations to Blue Ivy. I'm happy something finally good happened in her life. Congratulations, Blue Ivy. She's going to inherit a billion dollars. Good for her. Finally. Finally something good happened oh, to that kid. Oh, God. Any more trivia that you want to ask? No, no. Trivia? That was good. I'm surprised you got that. I really am surprised. What? That's not that easy of a question. Quincy Jones, you, you know a lot about him? I know that he's won a billion Grammys, and I know he's from Seattle. And right. Come on. All right. There you go. Come on. That was... Okay. Did you get your pair of Yeezys? They went on sale a week ago. We talked about Yeezys. No. You didn't get a pair? No. Well, they sold out in seconds. How much would it have cost me? Set me back. Oh, I can't I, afford it. Mitch Unfilled. I'd have to charge the patron $6 a month. Yeah, that's right. To be able to do it. I don't know what they cost, but yeah, they, okay. they went on sale and they were gone in seconds. Drew Brees retires. He we does. talked about that with Ross Tucker uh, earlier on in one of the uh, interview segments. The NFL's all-time leading career passing yardage guy, 80,358 <laughs> yards. He ranks second all-time in touchdown passes, 571 completion percentage, 68%. I don't know. Here's a guy who said something you like that Drew pissed yeah. a lot of people a off. A lot of people off. It feels like he's sort of worked yes, his way back has. in, right? Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah. They've kind of accepted I, him. I think it, it goes back to Justin Thomas and Drew Brees' image leading into the remark. Okay. I mean, if you have you if you if have built up equity, which I don't think necessarily is right, I just think that's the way we operate. If we really, 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 really like the person yeah. and everything the person stands for leading up to the moment, we tend to look the other way faster i don't know if that's not right though i mean if if you, you build, build up equity is you, yeah i mean you give someone a benefit of the doubt if yeah. you've never had any issues before right well myers leonard for all he's just not popular for all we know he's the salt of the earth yeah. for all we know this guy's the nicest guy in the nba we don't know well his coach said but that. since we don't know we tend to to hang this over his head more that's not very fair yeah i mean his coach Can't came out and said he's, that that's a, fair. he's a great guy <laughs> by the way you said he's a scrub He's yeah. making $9 million to let you well, know he's, how, a, he's a scrub. how overpaid the NBA players are. $9 million to play two minutes a game? To play two minutes a game and a lot of Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. $9 million. $9 million. Yeah. yeah, he'll be fine. All right, Aaron Rodgers was seen walking his girlfriend's dog in Montreal where it's in the 20s. His girlfriend, Shailene Woodley, is in Montreal filming a movie. And I just want to say, this is how it starts, Aaron. Next thing you know, your entire weekend is shot after yard work and errands and cleaning the stupid garage. <laughs> Run. Once you do this, it's over. By the way, I thought people couldn't cross the border into Canada. 
How did he get into Canada? I don't know. Did they change it? Did they relax the rules? Did they? I don't know. I don't know. I thought people oh. couldn't go. But anyway, there you go. Marvelous oh. Marvin Hagler. Now, I know this is probably right in your wheelhouse. Of, oh. Yeah, yeah. And when I say Marvelous Marvin Hagler, I'm telling you his official name. Okay. His official name. <laughs> he changed it? Yes, he did. Many, many years ago to Marvelous Good for him. Marvin Hagler. Dead at the age, well, they say 66. I say 68. We can... We can agree to disagree on his age. He okay. always lied about his age. Oh, he did? Yeah. I didn't know that. He was known to have lied about his age for years. He didn't want to be as old as they used to say he was when he was middleweight champion. One of the greatest non-heavyweights in the history of boxing. So one of the great boxers of all time, you're uh, saying? One of the great, great legendary boxers. Probably the greatest middleweight champion of all time. You remember him with the bald head. You remember he, he fought out of Brockton, Massachusetts, even though he's from New Jersey originally. You remember probably, I remember probably 20 fights of his because mm. I was a huge boxing fan in those days and I followed it very, very closely. But if you're a kind of a peripheral boxing fan, you remember, you remember, you certainly remember Hagler Leonard. Yep. The fight that didn't look like it was going to happen and Leonard had the detached retina and he kept on retiring and unretiring and he was teasing Hagler. It's never going to happen. And the truth is, is that. You know, at one point in Leonard's career, he didn't think he could beat Marvin Hagler. That's why I didn't fight him earlier. Um, and then it happened, and it was an epic battle, and it's still controversial, the decision. There are many people in the boxing world that still think that the split decision should have gone to Marvin Hagler as it was. It went to Sugar Ray Leonard, and uh -huh. he was so upset, and he was so... He felt so betrayed and disappointed in the decision. He took off his gloves, and this never happens in boxing after the Leonard fight. He handed the gloves back, and he has never trained. He never trained ever since. Now, forget fighting wow. again. He never even trained. That was it. He walked away, got out of that ring, and said, I'm done. He ended up moving to Italy and becoming an actor in Italy. Yep. He did the deodorant commercials, the right guard. Oh, yeah, that's right. Anything less would be uncivilized. Yeah, the boss did it too. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. Marvelous Marvin Hagler, dead at the age of whatever it was, 66, 68. Somebody recently sent me the link, and you can find it on YouTube, to the 1985 fight against Tommy Hearns. The best three-round yeah. fight, the best eight minutes you will ever watch. <laughs> crazy. In I, re I remember it like it was yesterday watching it live. That first I round. I will never forget, I think it was closed circuit television, okay. watching it live. The craziest <laughs> fight you ever saw. Three rounds, I think less than eight minutes. So many haymakers. And it, it was unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. They they say it's the greatest three-round fight ever in the history of the fights. Well, I believe it. Yeah, if you have a chance, go check that out. Ugh. Rest in peace. That was a hell of a class, wasn't it? Duran, wasn't it? Oh, Vito and oh, it was Sugar Ray. Well, I mean, these were all non. They all kind of floated around. Yeah, yeah. Middleweight, super middleweight, light heavyweight, all that stuff. But yeah, you had Roberto Duran, and you had Tommy Hearns, and you had Marvin Hagler, and you had Vito Anafermo. You probably don't remember that mm. name, and Wilfredo Benitez, and there was just a, a, a bunch. John Mugabe, the Beast Mugabe, who gave Marvin Hagler a hell of a run, and there were so many others. It was a, it was a great. It was, it was the really the the marquee era of professional boxing. The golden age. The of golden age boxing. of boxing. No question about yeah. it. Yeah. Marvin Hagler. Yeah. Suddenly Same. dead. You know, had an episode. They took him to the hospital and he was gone. He wasn't a guy that did interviews and that kind of thing. Did Very he? surly, yeah. kind of angry, didn't like the way he was treated, always thought he was mistreated, always thought Shame. he was overlooked. No one wanted to fight him 
there was a period there where no one wanted to fight him because they all thought they'd lose, so no one wanted to get in the ring with him. Yeah, he held the belt for eight years, 80 to 87 or something. Yeah, rest in peace to marvelous Marvin Hagler. All right, in, in 1968, Elvis shot a highly anticipated TV special on NBC. I don't know if you remember that or not. You weren't alive. Maybe you were 68. Eh. I was one. Okay. He hadn't performed live in seven years. So this was his big comeback special. I don't know if you can picture the red guitar that he's holding. Anyway, it's called a, it's a cherry red Hagstrom Viking two guitar. He played it that night. It's going to be auctioned off. I told you collectible stuff is going bananas. Yeah. They expect to get anywhere between 750,000 and a million dollars for one guitar. Also in the auction, the 1950 Cadillac Fleetwood from the Godfather. That almost is as cool as the guitar to me. I would love to have that car from the Godfather. So if you have a million bucks, you can get Elvis's guitar that he played in that special. I'll throw a couple of college basketball things at you now that we have the NCAA tournament and the brackets are in our hands and you can fill out your bracket, your Mitch Unfiltered bracket by going to MitchUnfiltered.com. A few little things, little few little tidbits. First, we'll start with Washington. The miserable season of Mike Hopkins in Washington comes to an end in the first game of the Pac-12 tournament. Four and 16. A second consecutive, terribly disappointing season for Mike Hopkins, who is going to survive this. I don't think there's any question that he's going to survive this. They'd have to pay him $12 million to fire him. I don't think Washington's going to pay their basketball coach $12 million to fire him, no. especially when she hired him, Jen Cohen hired him. So I don't think there's any question he'll get another chance, but... I mean, didn't... Uh, Four talk- and 16 in the conference, five and 21 overall... They had all those great diaper dandies a year ago that didn't amount to anything, and yeah. now this. And I like Mike Hopkins because he comes from Syracuse University, but I don't know. I, I don't know that he can I, – I think he deserves another year. He will get another year. I'm not sure that he can dig himself out of the hole that he's in because I don't see a lot of great, great talent coming yeah. to the I, Washington program. He lost two one and dunners. That hurts. And then he lost – Yeah, but he didn't even win with them. Fine, he didn't. And then but he lost his best returning player, Nas, Nas Carter, Carter, to the controversy. And then yep. the point guard who got in trouble. But um, well, that was two. Years, that was last year. Yeah, Quade yeah. Green. He played this year. He did. Yeah. I mean, it's. Just, and it's, by the way, those seniors they can come back for another year. They have, all, all college basketball players are allowed a freebie. This right. is a freebie year if they wanted it. So I hope he can dig them out, but I don't know. Yeah, when you see the recruits coming I'm, in, and I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't look I'm worried. Great. Yeah, I'm worried. I like him. him though. For the record, I'm glad like he's the too. coach, and they should give him give him a chance. Uh, the other, the other, Oregon State wins the Pac-12 tournament title. They go to the NCAA first Pac-12 tournament title ever. Gary Payton never Gary won. Payton no, never won it? no, Oregon State won it huh. uh, the other night by beating. Uh, I guess it was Colorado. I think they beat in the final. Um, they did something really, really stupid at the end of the game that I won't go there. I, I tweeted it. I'm. It's. Just pet peeves of mine, little little pet peeves of mine. Well, I'm in. Go on. They were up one with 1.7 seconds to go. Okay. And they had the ball. And they got fouled. A guy got fouled. Not a great free throw shooter. I think about a 60% free throw shooter got fouled, as they would, as Colorado would. He went to the line to shoot the free throws up one. Okay. Okay. He missed the first one. Right. So now it's time to... Hit the second one, all right? um, Colorado doesn't have any timeouts left. Okay. So there's 1.7 seconds. They're up one. Isn't it pretty obvious what you should do in that situation, up one with 1.7 seconds and your guy on the line? You have two choices. He can try to make it, and if he makes it, you're up two, and they take the ball out and get a throw down the floor without the clock going. Yeah. 
and somebody could catch it and turn around and shoot it, a la Christian Leitner. Oh, yeah. If he makes the free throw. If he misses the free throw, you're only up one, but a rebound comes down, the clock starts, and a guy underneath your basket has to throw it the length of the floor like a baseball and, and throw it. Isn't it pretty obvious what you should do in that situation? Miss it on purpose? Of course. Yeah. Not 10 out of 10. Not 100 <laughs> out of 100. 1,000 out of 1,000. You should instruct your player, you do not make this free throw under those circumstances. Yeah. Ever. Ever. What does the guy do? The 60% or what did he do? Sinks it. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> So Colorado takes the ball out, throws it down the length of the floor. Oh, they don't come up with the – or they do come up with the catch and he misses the shot. But, I mean, why, why, give him a chance? why are we yeah. going through this? <laughs> Clank the f- – yeah. and don't tell – and people are like, I think he tried to miss it, but he made, he made it on mistake. He made it by mistake. No. He was trying no. to make it, and he made it, and it was stupid. But anyway, they live to see the day. You worry about a long rebound, though, if you miss on purpose, maybe a long rebound, and I don't know. A long rebound with 1.7 seconds, okay, and then what? Yeah. Okay? I'd much rather a long <laughs> rebound than a guy throwing it from out of bounds with the clock stopped yeah. until the ball is touched inbounds on the other side of the floor, okay? I think you should Do have I that. need to show you Christian Leitner again? Believe me, I was a Duke okay. fan back then. Okay. I love so that shot. He had two, I think. How about the pass? The pass yeah. is pretty good, too. Grant Hill, maybe? Or... Yeah, one of the hills. Yeah, it could have been Thomas Hill. Could have been Thomas Hill, yeah. yeah. So I got that, and then there's... This has got to be the karma of all. If you don't believe in sports karma, yeah, you you need to look yourself in the mirror, okay. my friend. I Do don't you believe you don't. No, I don't believe in that nonsense. Okay. Well, this is going to come close to to convincing you to start give it a second chance. Give sports okay. karma a second chance. The Georgetown Hoyas of 2021 were picked to finish dead last in the Big East. Hmm. They went into the Big East tournament under 500 on the year, and they were 60 to 1 to win the Big East tournament. Okay. And Patrick Ewing, the coach, guided them through the Big East tournament in Cinderella fashion. And in the championship game, they won the Big East tournament on the exact day that John Thompson was hired 49 years earlier in the year that John Thompson passes, just a few months after John Thompson passed. So uh, let me get this straight. Yeah, yeah. A few months after John Thompson, one of the greats of all time, passes away, synonymous with Georgetown basketball. Sure. The very next Big East tournament, which happens to be, the championship game happens to be on the 49th anniversary of them hiring John Thompson, Patrick Ewing, the greatest player in Big East history, and now the coach of Georgetown, guides a 60-to-1 underdog to a win and an automatic bid in the NCAA tournament. If you... Okay. <laughs> if that's not karma, that's one of the most unbelievable coincidence of all time in sports history. I don't believe. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. Come on. No, that, that's pretty amazing. And, oh, by the way, I didn't add one thing. Yeah. They were 60-to-1 to win the tournament. They win the tournament. They won by 25. They beat a ranked team by Jeez. 25 points in the final. I mean, they were up 40 in the final. If if he's not looking down from below with the towel over his shoulder, yeah, come yeah. on. Pushing the ball in There's every time. There's something going on there. <laughs> you know, when you talk about sports karma, I thought you meant like, you know, like you don't. If you do something bad, you don't get, yeah, yeah. Like don't bring up a no hit. If a guy's throwing right. a no hitter, no, don't. No. That I'm stuff not, drives me crazy. I'm talking about this. Yeah, yeah. There's some alter. There's some universe in play here. Okay. There's something in the play The great magnet here. or something yeah. is... 
And uh, before I get off of uh, NCAA, I was going to mention that Duke and Virginia got tossed from the ACC tournament because of COVID. Kansas got tossed from the Big 12 tournament because of COVID. They're all going to play, or the ones that get into the tournament, I guess they're, they're able to do. And Rick Patino is back. Yeah. Rick Patino, legendary college basketball Hall of Fame coach Rick Patino, who got fired from Louisville. Yeah. A few got, years ago, some trouble. Yeah, they had stuff with the the recruits and what was going on with the recruits okay. and yada yada and parties and recruiting tactics and yada. He ended up losing his job. He went over to like Greece and coached a team in Greece, and then he was given an opportunity to coach Iona. Iona said, "Hey, we'll give you a second chance." Yeah. Nice, a guy gets a second chance. So they give Rick Pitino a second chance. In his first year, he takes Iona to the NCAA basketball tournament. It's amazing. That's incredible. There you go. What, Those are my uh, college basketball tidbits. Did you see they have four teams on standby because of COVID protocol now? Yeah, because if something something happens, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Apparently, the, the, they can still, even though it came out on Sunday, the tournament, they can change the teams until Tuesday. They can add new teams all the way up until Tuesday. Huh. And that's why they're not starting it until Friday this week. And that's why you have extra time to fill out your bracket, your unfiltered bracket, presented by Fireside Home Solutions. Anyway. I think Patino's old team Louisville is the first Standby team. I think they might be. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. That, yeah. Okay, guys, we're playing, I guess. Did they, I didn't know that they announced them. They did announce yeah, the standby team. Yeah, I saw the, the, the first four in order. Yeah, that might be somebody's projection. I don't know. Did the NCAA? Oh. Yeah. Oh, it is. Maybe falling for Joe Lenardi. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Got to be careful with Hotshot Scott. You're going to get some hate mail. Oh, yeah. I don't think that they have announced who those four teams are. Okay. Well, I thought I saw it, but maybe I did. You did. Ma- you probably maybe did. I was driving. You, you and saw I was... something called Bracketology, I think, where it said first four out. Uh, or next four in? Nah, uh, it was next four in. Yeah. If a team, yeah, that's probably a projection. Some guy, some dude's projection. But Why? he, but he thanks you for bringing it up. <laughs> oh, by the way, speaking of people mad at me, remember when that guy said, uh, yeah, "Hot shot," talking about Chris Harrison from The Bachelor. Doesn't even know what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. Chris Harrison was let go. Okay. Yes, so he was. Leave me alone. Yes, he was. I was, was right on my list. Okay, go ahead. All right, you got that's it. I'm done. You get the last word. Make it count. Oh boy, We've gone long enough on episode 133. Anything that you haven't used, bring for 133P All right, I got on Wednesday one. night. Fair enough. Glenn Yothers, he's a Pennsylvania church treasurer. Well, he faces theft Wait, charges. Wait, oh, hold on. Glenn Yothers? You don't know him. Y-O? I, know, I remember <laughs> Tina. Yeah, I remember Tina as well. Didn't she, in one of the un- unbelievable casting decisions of all time, play a Lakers cheerleader? T- Tina Yothers? Really? Yeah, I didn't know she had much of a career and after her show. What, what was it? Different not to, uh, family, family Ties? Family Ties with... Uh, Michael J. Fox? That show, by the way, was supposed to be Meredith Baxter Burney's show. They gave it to her because she was the big star. Yeah, she was in it. She was the she mother. She was, but who was the big star? Well, Michael J. Exactly. Fox. Exactly. He came in and took but over. But Tina Yothers, in, in later years, was hired to be the main star of a... A made-for-TV oh, story about the Lakers the Lakers girls. A made-for-TV movie? About right. the Lakers girls. <laughs> you Tina love Yothers. made-for-TV movies. God, the last guy watching those back then. All right, this guy, Glenn I Yothers. I watched it, but I have the knowledge. He's a church treasurer. <laughs> yes. And he faces charges after being accused of stealing more than $150,000 from St. Paul Lutheran Church in Unity Township to pay for his porn addiction, according to TV station WPXI. He was taking the money and not paying the bills. He's the treasurer. 150 grand he stole. He allegedly claimed the money was going towards paying church bills and being donated to charity. He was the, the church treasurer for a dozen years. He told authorities he got addicted to the sites before he was charged with theft by deception and theft by unlawful. So, so the sites he was addicted to, you had to pay for? 
That's what he told police. Yes. Hmm. Uh, the, the, I thought all this stuff is for free. Not that I would, not that I would have knowledge, firsthand knowledge. I don't know that. what you're talking about, but I'm going to go ahead and get into these. <laughs> the, uh, t- the church's power was actually shut off because the church's bills stopped being paid. That was just one of the red flags that popped up. <laughs> to me, the saddest part of this story is what you said. All his favorite sites are now bankrupt because he was the last person actually paying for porn online. I mean, God, someone should have gone to the guy and said, look, buddy, there's 7 billion free videos out there. Who's paying? All right, anyway. I stole your thunder. Sorry about that. Actually, the guy was telling a partial truth when he said some of the money was going to charity. Adult film star Charity Crawford. (laughs) (laughs) I should be his lawyer. I get him off. All right. I'm impressed that you know who Charity Crawford is. Yeah, I did look it up. Uh, The former church treasurer claimed that uh, he was inspired by Jesus Christ and was just attempting to resurrect something else from the dead. He's 56. Yeah, it could happen. And finally, I'd like to leave you all with a Bible verse. A Bible verse. Isaiah 41.10. Is this true? Yeah. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Hey, Glenn, I said my righteous right hand, <laughs> not yours. Oh, no, no, Jesus. <laughs> you can take that out if you want. To. Yeah. It's up to you. <laughs> You're the one who gets the mail. I know. I'm it's done. going to appear on Apple Podcasts. I'm done. All right. 133. Yep. Mitch Unfiltered Madness. Yes. Fill out your brackets. The rules are very simple. You've got now until Friday when they start the tournament this year in Indianapolis mm-hmm. to fill out your brackets. If you beat all nine of us, we have nine people on the team. We've got you, me, Steve, and then we've got six fancy schmancy people from our, our partners, our sponsors. Big our shots. six sponsors. Yep. They're all filling out brackets if you beat all nine of us you will automatically win a prize and, and that could be a daniel's gift certificate that could be a gift certificate to zeke's or or taco uh, time taco time is Love in it. they're all throwing in stuff so great there's a cash prize for the for the champion it'll be fun to fill out a bracket it's all brought to you by fireside home solutions our friends at fireside home solutions for fire pits and barbecues and fireplaces and garage doors to fill out a bracket, it's as simple as going... Well, if you filled out a bracket two years ago in my contest, I think you weren't here yet. If you filled out a bracket, it, it's it's in Run My Pools. Yep. We talked to Bill about that. You probably already have a an account set up, but it's very simple. Just go to MitchUnfiltered.com, click on the top banner that says Unfiltered Madness, click on it, it will take you to the page, and you fill out your bracket. you got to go out and put a username and password. It's all free. You fill out your bracket and become a uh, a player, okay? Piper wants to get in on it. More than welcome. She is. But she can't. I told her she can't win. If she wins the whole thing, she's not winning the top prize. She can I'm, win the whole thing. We're, we're not giving her the prize. That's not happening. I already told her, but she's... No, we won't give her the prize, yeah, but yeah. I'll, I'll give her a secondary. I'll, I'll come up with a if prize she wins for the whole her. thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Especially if she converts. Anyway. <laughs> she might. That's it. That's all I have to say. All right. We're back. We're back running. We were rusty. This was a rusty it show. It felt a little rusty, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, I don't think we And did. I'm going to be gone for the next one. Oh, yeah, you are. And yeah. we've, already, we've already decided on your on a new co-host. Oh, you have? Yeah. Am I going to get Wally pipped? Is that you what's might. going to happen? You might. Crap. But yeah. for the hotshot haters, can you imagine their luck? Oh. I'm gone twice in, <laughs> in three weeks or whatever. They're going to love it. <laughs> Let's make this a regular routine. <laughs> Episode 133. Thank you, everybody. It's in the books. <laughs>